This episode of Flip the Script Podcast is brought to you by Beats on Film, a production company ran by director and producer Shati. He shoots all my videos. He has me clean, mean, and on the scene. Let's go, Shati. Follow him at Shati, the producer on Instagram. G-Money! Yo. What's up, man? What's going on? What's going on? We back at it. Hey, back. I'm excited. Woo! I know you're excited because this this is this is right up your alley. Oh well, this you is, know, you know, know yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This is this is nail right there. Before we get to our guests, you know, we have to do our. How you doing? I'm all right, man. You know. Flip the script is back in effect. How do you feel? We're back in effect. Everybody that's watching right now, make sure you go follow the TikTok page. Of course, TikTok uh, at Flip the Script Pod. You know, what I'm saying we'll be putting up a lot of the old clips up and a new clip, so stay tuned. But I feel good, man. Feeling good. Feel marvelous. Feel good, man. You know what I'm saying. I try to, you know, I try to do what I can. Man. We got special guests in the building, man. You know, and we got some, uh, you know, we got some special flip the script water I going around here. You know what I'm uh, uh, <laughs> we don't make these. We don't make. We don't make the back. The back. The back with the backs. Oh, uh, uh, the back says something else, but the front says flip the script. So that's all, that's all that matters, man. You know, but I'm good. How you feeling, man? We good. We in the building. Back to back shows. I'm excited. I know, I know. This, this is, this is one, this, this one for the. Books, I'm excited. Right? I'm excited. Intro has to be a little different today. Yes, um, you know that, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, shout out to everybody. Shout out to Bassie. Shout out to the whole team. Shout out to Shatik. Shout out to everybody. You know, beats on film. We are in the building. Um, I'm excited about this guest, but G Money. Yo. Episode two oh one. Hold Ooh. up. <laughs> Let me do it. I know. I know where you. I, I got the. We made it, G. Okay. Let's go. Twenty twenty two. We got a special guest. Yes. Legend. Facts. You know, one of the producers, you know, he's excited. He said, Who coming? Like he tried to act cool and corny. Cool. Like, <laughs> try to hide. He's excited. Look, look, look. Like, hey God, get out of here. Vazzy's excited too. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Legend. Facts. I mean, you know, I could just call him that. Hall of Famer. Mm. Um, you know, motivation. Pioneer. Pioneer. Also, he's changing lives. Facts. With yoga. I've seen, I've seen. We've seen the transformation. Round of applause for my man, DDP. Let's go. Yeah, welcome, yeah, welcome. yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, man? Throw it up, throw it up one time. Throw it up one time. Bang. Oh, <laughs> how you feeling? That's soft bag. Welcome, welcome. I never had a bad day in my life. Wow. Plenty of sore ones. Plenty of ones that I went, oh, gee, God Because <laughs> that, you know, people can say what they want about professional wrestling, but you can't fake gravity. Mm. You know, it's a fact. Gravity will fuck you up. <laughs> why, why do you think that people look down at, at some point on wrestling? No, you're right, though. You know, it's funny because the people, as you know, because you're one, you know, mm -hmm. that love it. You when people love wrestling, they just appreciate the art form. Mm -hmm. And what the art form is, if I walk out there in front of 20,000 people, which I've done a ridiculous amount of times, and my music hits, I know that they know. And they know that I know. And I know that they know that I know that, that me and my partner both know who's going to win before we walk out there. Mm. So how the fuck do you make them care? See, that's a secret. And only a few guys, like, really get it. <clears throat> do you think that, <clears throat> do you think that 
by them turning it into the entertainment value, do you think that it was a good thing for, or it was it might have been a bad thing? Like yeah. calling it, you know. Yeah, but it could have been a good thing and it could have been a bad thing. It's like, I think that today, you know, I think it was looked down so much more when they didn't tell them. And now that they've told them, and let's just do numbers, because it all comes down to like, what's the money? Got it. What's the numbers? Like today, how many different forms of streaming are there? Like Netflix changed the world. They did. And then, it, you know, Amazon Prime and Hulu and, you know, mm. whatever. They're fucking Peacock and <laughs> Paramount. And they're fucking like, who does have streaming is fucked. So you got to get your streaming. DDP Yoga, now like the best streaming ever. But just thought I'd say that. Uh, bottom line is, is that there's so much type of streaming that the universe has changed. Like when we were on in the 90s, and it started in 95, when Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner decided we're going to go head to head with WWF at the time. Yes. Vince McMahon. Like here, here. And the day that that happened, it did this. Because it leveled the playing field. They, we'd win, they'd win. They'd win, we'd win. But what happened, instead of just that three and a half million people watching, it went to four and a half. It went to five and a half. Then it went to seven. And then it went to eight million people. Then not, it just kept growing because competition breeds inner, you know, it, 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 it breeds taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Like, just look at the Super Bowl. What we've seen in these last few weeks are some fucking amazing football. Mm -hmm. And whether your team won or not is irrelevant. Guys stepped up because of the level of competition that was laid out there. We'll go back to the 90s. Man, there is no way that you could have told me. Eric Bischoff told me plenty of times, who ran WCW, that, you know, we're going to kick Vince McMahon's ass. And I used to think, what the fuck are you smoking bro because like that's <laughs> never gonna happen like i'm part of this company i'm part of this team and just knowing what a mega force vince was at the time and then the nwo that whole angle and everything started in my garage drinking beers and he'd already been talking eric bishop been talking to scott hall eric fucking Kevin Nash is my brother. So is Scott Hall. So bringing that together and turning into what would be the NWO, which changed the face of wrestling. It did. It did. And it blew it through the roof. And as it blew it, my career went with it. And so you know, do I think it's a bad thing that they went, no, it's not real. Like, fuck, it's predetermined mm. <laughs> you know but you know before we get into you know because you know yeah, if we, if we, we let ddp go he he'll change the right format of our show he's gonna go right to it he'll change he the format. we gotta go to how flip the right, script before we it. go anywhere since i want to change the format look, oh i got some tequila here let's get right yeah we ready we're gonna jump on that right how do you want to do it what you want us to drink you know i don't drink ddp multiple glasses here i didn't put them there so i'm assuming you guys are gonna jump in 
Come on, come, come on. on. Come I don't, on. I don't drink, bro. You don't, you don't drink. drink. You don't drink because you can't. I can, but I just don't. <laughs> okay, well, you don't need to. Are you going to drink with me, G Money? I'm definitely taking a shot with DDP. Are right. you crazy, man? You think we'll turn out? You gonna turn out a shot? The DDP, with what? You made a small one. I made a small you one. You gonna peer pressure me, DDP? No, I said no. Uh, don't uh, drink it. Come on, I, I want to use this you, against you. I want to use this against you. Hey, <laughs> I would if, if you said you can't. I would say God slap the fuck out of your ass. <laughs> now you want to slap things on my head? You know, no, don't, you, don't start. Don't start. I use that as a video. You've seen the resurrection of Jake the Snake. I have. Okay, mm. if someone should not drink, they should never drink. Salud. You can't. Salud. Salud. Yeah, I can, of course. Salud. Only for DDP. Oh, wow. That's smooth, right? It is. You drink? For DDP, yeah. <laughs> my man. Where did you get that from? What is that? I brought my, my, my buddy over there. That's a fireman over yeah. there. Shout out to my man. Hey, well, who is that in the building? That is Jimbo Patterson. Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> I like Jimbo. He's very, Jimbo. I like that guy. Jimbo. Jimbo. He, he Jimbo. is one of my best friends in the world. And the only reason that we know each other, he's not a wrestling fan. Mm. But he heard that I started wrestling at 35. And he heard my story, and he became a fireman at 35. Mm. And he just, we just kind of got together. He bought my program, and one of my people called them up because they do that. And then when he heard he was a fireman, he gave me the number. He texted me the number, and then I called them up. And he's like, "Wait a minute, the guy who owns DDP Yoga <laughs> is picking up the fucking phone and calling me." I do it all the time. Mm. But we go back that far and back like 15 years now. My man, Jim. That's crazy. So, like you said, we got, we got the shot going now. So, you know. That hurt you? Like, you seem a little. No, what did that do it, to you? It, 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 hit, it got a little bit. Really? Too, I, it's smooth, but smooth. it's. I, mean, I, don't, I don't drink, so I don't know how it feels. I just supposed to feel. I just oh, felt smooth. No, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we hear all these stories now. You know, I want to hear how this. DDP character came to life. You know what I'm saying? Let's go back before DDP. Let's go back to your childhood. Tell everyone who who don't know already where you're from, where you grew up at. Jersey boy. Jersey boy, okay. Yeah. Uh, Good part of Jersey. Grew up in a broken family. Mm. Bounced around from, you know, when when my parent, by the time I was three years old, my mom was married, divorced, and had three kids. Mm. She's 19. When my parents split up, my brother and sister went to live with my mom, who in turn gave him the grandma. That's what grandmas do. And she moved up North Jersey to try to make more money, help support that side of the family. Me, I went with my dad. Mm. Well, the bottom line is, back then, my dad couldn't even spell the word father, let alone be one. So I bounced around from one family to another like a pinball. But I read that you was with your dad from like three to eight. Yep. Yep. I read that. And then your dad brought you to his mom or your mom's my, mom? My, my mom's mom, because she had my brother and my sister. Okay. And I love my dad. I just passed recently. But he made so many, so many bad decisions. Like, now, when you say bad decisions, is it when you were a child or, like, throughout life he made life. bad decisions? Life. 
And I don't judge. I'm the guy who doesn't judge anybody. I know. I'm not. I'm that guy. And when he dropped me off my grandma's, I didn't know why I was going there. But I know he was crying. Like, it, it upset him. And, you know, when your old man cries, mm-hmm. what do you do? Cry. Right. <laughs> you cry. You cry. And now you get dropped off there. And, no, I've been there before because I've seen pictures. But I don't remember a moment before that. Right. Before grandma. Yeah, before I went to live with my grandma. And she was a good woman, but she's going through menopause, raising a fucking wild man. I mean, because I was fucking hell on wheels. I had so much energy at the time, no one knew what to do with it. And so what comes into play then? Sports. Mm-hmm. And like, Football, like put me on a football field, defensive end, offensive center going both ways. Like I'm like, I found my spot because what I didn't know at the time was I didn't know how to read, but I couldn't read. And I didn't realize until I was in my thirties. I just thought I'm just really bad at this shit. But I was reading at a third grade level at the age of 30. So trying to like focus in on reading when you can't read because you don't have, you're dyslexic and you have ADD at a time that no one knows what the fuck ADD or dyslexia is. They just thought we were stupid, but I know, I know I'm not stupid but I'm not as smart as that person <laughs> who can get those words right out of their <clears throat> mouth as they're going. So as you know, when you remember back in class, how they would go around the room and, you know, your turn to read. Like, I'd fucking slap that dude in front of me or do something to get myself thrown out of that class mm-hmm. before I could, because I, let me back up. I tried to read. And when you got that, you know, I read, I can't read. Uh, yeah, and now everybody's laughing. Right. Like, that's probably the only times in my life that I can look back and go, wow. Like, zero confidence. So how'd you, how'd you go on with, with school then? How'd you progress the grades? You know? I cheated. Gotcha. Because what do you do? What do you do in life if you don't adapt? Now, one of the really amazing things about bouncing from one uncle's or aunt's family to another, like being put in a position where you bounce from one family to another like a pinball. Mm-hmm. There's two ways you can go. One, you do this. And you don't even talk to people. And you come like, or you adapt. And you learn how to talk to everybody. Because I'm not reading now. I'm just talking. Mm -hmm. I'm just feeling, listening to you. Like I've had people like in this scenario go, well, here's the questions we're going to ask you. I say, stop. 
just talk. Because that's where, I'm a pretty good reader today for a lot of reasons that happened in my 40s. Not fucking mm. teens or 20s or even 30s. 30s I tried, but bad. <laughs> bad. 40s is where I started to learn. So you learn how to adapt the situation. Like one of my, and I ain't talked to him in two years, but I'd call him right now and he would, D, what's up? It's Chuck Zito. He was the, the New York chapter Hell's Angels president. Or I call my buddy over fucking Merle, who's fucking a freaking CEO of a top 500 fortune company. It don't matter. I can be black, white, yellow, green. I can be in any situation and feel super chill about it. Because I know who the fuck I am. And I think that's the biggest problem as people go on. And this is what, and at, at some point tonight, remind me about Change or Die, which is a new show I'm producing. Mm -hmm. I'm, Steve Yu is directing, but it's something that we are making happen to not just help people change their lives but own their lives, because that's what it's all about. Being able to have the power to say, no, no, I own my life. At, at almost 66 years young, every single decision I make in my life says, how does that make that feel about, how does that make that feel about, I don't know, it doesn't sound right, but how does that make that feel about me? Or how does that make me feel about? Thank you. How does mm -hmm. that make me feel about me, thank you. That's right. that's that, that's that's what I was missing there. How does it make me feel about me? Everything I do, like I don't fucking do it anymore, unless it makes me feel really good about me. That's super powerful. And when you can do that, wow. So you feel good being here today. Excuse me. I said, so you feel good being here today. No, I love being here. Today. <laughs> we appreciate that. You know, Marlon, Marlon is Marlon is another one of my brothers. You know, Dusty when he died. The American dream. Dusty Rose, yeah. When he died, his son, Cody, one of the biggest stars in the, in the world in professional wrestling today. And like my nephew, since I've been mentoring since he was 12. When he died, I'll never forget where I was at the airport. It chokes me up. Just think about it. And he told me, his mom told me, and then he got on the phone. And he said, Dusty, this is Doug Cody talking about his dad. Always called him Dusty with his family. And he said, Dusty wanted you to know. He only had five friends. And there were friends that he could count on his hand. And some friends fell off that list. And some would come back on and fall off again or whatever. He said, Dallas never fell off that list. Hence that. Powerful. Mm. Very powerful. 
He was in the airport. In the airport. <sighs> Fell down that seat. You trying to make us come on, DP, man. <laughs> hey, choke me up. Don't do that to us, man. <laughs> don't want to be too real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Don't do that to me. You know, when, you, when you drink, you get a little emotional sometimes, so you might, you know what I mean? Leave that man alone, man. Let, let him relax, you know what I mean? Um, let me ask you a question. Grandma, was she strict? You know, I think so. Um, I pretty much raised myself. Really? Even with Grandma? Yeah, Grandma was good. Graham, as I called her, G R A M, we all did. Um, my brother and my sister. Um, good woman, like she, as far as my mom's concerned, sucked as a mother. So, where do parents really learn to be good parents? Grandma, <laughs> grandpa, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Of course. You know, that's where, that's where you get that second chance, which is pretty cool. Because, you know, most, like my dad, again, he was 21, had three kids. He was hell on wheels. He was like New Year's Eve every night, you know, I mean, he going to party. And my mom, I'm going to pull up a picture and show you a picture of what my mother looked like. When I was 12 years old, um, she wasn't your average mom. My mom was kind of looked like, um, do you remember um, Ann Margaret? Mm -mm. Well, that's my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Like, ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> so... Yeah, Was it your average mom? Oh, I see Anne Margaret, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So you see a blonde hair, Anne Margaret. And um so she was she was her own she was her own animal. I understand. We with you. Yeah. So when you when you were moving around different houses, did you see dad or mom often? Did did, did they pop in every once in a while? Never saw mom. When I was with dad, I never saw mom. I you never ever, saw her. I never saw her until I got to grandma's. And then it was, you know, you know, I wouldn't say every weekend, but every other weekend or made an appearance. And again, <laughs> I'll give you a great conversation <laughs> with my mom maybe about two or three years ago. Uh, and I had her um, say, I'm sorry, I was such a bad mom. I'm saying, no, you were... You weren't the greatest mom, but you know, you were the greatest dad. Dad makes sure you're taken care of. Dad makes sure you got those Adidas sneakers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, so like she made sure we were taken care of. And that's all you could ask. Right. Again, again, I raised myself. Got it. And it's the biggest reason why and what people need to learn instead of I just think people in general, and this is my 66 years of, of learning, people need to learn to, to start to parent themselves. Like, because you don't, you don't, it ain't about your mom and your dad and what they did and didn't do. It's about like what you do for yourself and how you treat your fellow human being. Right. That's what it's about.
Wow. I'm reading. Let me ask you a question. Um, they said that you changed your last name because you like the Dallas Cowboys. Is that the truth? Well, let me tell you how it started. And I have something that's really crazy in here, too. <laughs> and it's right there. It's right there. I think it's literally right there. <laughs> um, I, when I was living with my dad, I love the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, I'm, I'm a f football fan. God, I and, and, I, and I have not been like Dallas Cowboys my whole life, you know. You know, in New York Giants, New York Jets. I mean, I've lived in Jersey, you know. Um, like right now, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan more than anything because that team, that team is a badass team. Mm. And I, and, but looking back, I loved that Kansas City beat them. And then Kansas City got took because they laid back kind of like what Atlanta did when they were playing, when they came back on that, when Brady came back on that deal. It's like, you can never just let your guard down right. in that world. You gotta just push on. So I just, as a kid though, you don't know about psychology. You don't know about crazy comebacks. You know about something like, they got stars on their helmets. <laughs> you know, whatever it is as a kid that makes you, like underneath this tattoo, was a star with a rose through it. I mean, this one was a star with a lightning bolt coming through it. This one, which is the only one that's still here, is a star. What's Dallas Cowboys known for? Star. Right. Okay, so that was ingrained in me. And it became like, my dad was a Giants Cowboy, I mean, a, a New York Giants fan. And does a New York Giants like the Cowboys? Mm. They fucking hate the Cowboys. <laughs> so it wasn't a negative thing to me, but he knew I liked them and it would be like it came a nickname. And I always liked the name Dallas. So when I decided to be a wrestler, and the first time I decided to be a wrestler, I was 23 years old. And it didn't go anywhere, but I had three matches. This I don't know how this happened, but my brother-in-law, Paul, got this delivered. Look at that. That is in 1979. Big Tom wrestling at the Western West Indian Social Club. West Indian. December 7th, 1979. Kevin Sullivan versus the big. And uh, a handsome Dallas Page. <laughs> that crazy? I just did a movie with Don Johnson 10 months ago. Mm. When I'm in the commissary, some kid goes to me, hey, you ever hear Tito Torres, DDP? Look in the front, what's the top name on that card? Tito Torres, the champ. He goes, that was my grandpa. I go, your grandpa was Tito Torres? He trained me. I had three matches. On the third match, I hurt my knee bad. It's the same knee that when I hit by a car when I was 12, hit my knee, my face bounced off the hood, and I blew 42 feet from the point of impact. I was a football player. I played hockey, but football was my love. No more football. 
There was no rehab in 1968. It didn't exist. Right. So they took it away. This guy says <laughs> to me that, did you know my grandpa? Like, God, did you just say Tito Torres? My brother-in-law, Paul, sent me that a year earlier. And I said, this Tito Torres? He went, oh, my God. Because will you send that to me? I was like, absolutely. Because he didn't have anything from his grandpa. Like, you talk about the way God works. Like, God works like crazy, man. I thought, so when, you, when did you play basketball? I thought you played basketball. Well, that's, again, they wouldn't let me play football. What do I have? Do I have, like, education? Could I study, like, as hard as you or you? What am I going to get out of that? I can't fucking read. Mm -hmm. So there's two sports I could play. That, And I got to tell you this, because we're, we're in New York. I find out that Dr. Nicholas worked on Willis Reed and Joe Namath. I begged my mom to take me to see him. So she does. Makes it happen. I'm like, holy fuck. He's going to get me so I can play football again. And what he tells me, you're never going to be Joe Namath. You're never going to be Willis Reed. You need to get and hit the, hit the books and start studying. Because your physical... Athletic life is over. And later on, I would get to know I could play baseball or basketball. I sucked at both. Like, I wasn't bad. I fucking sucked. Mm. You know, baseball, you gotta have at least someone to throw the ball to you. But basketball, well, <laughs> you can dribble by yourself. You can shoot layups, you can shoot foul shots, you can, there's, there's so much you can do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, parenting myself. So, in seventh grade, I didn't make the basketball team. Uh. Coming off that knee injury, basketball, and why they would let you play basketball with a bad knee like mine, is kind of crazy. Jump, jump, punch, punch, move, move, move. You're like, yeah. there's so much damage that goes to me. You want to know the strongest joint in my body? Two knees, two shoulders, this knee. I don't know why, but it is. It's the strongest that I have. So I went down that park, and because in eighth grade, I sat on the bench. Uh -huh. I never sat on a bench in my life. That was never going to happen again. I saw my freshman year. We went 17 and 0. I started as a freshman. As I, I want to go back to freshman. So eighth grade, I sat on the bench. Freshman year, we went undefeated. We went 17 and 0. Basketball. Basketball. Sophomore year, they didn't. I was killing it, scoring 30 points a game. Long hair in a Catholic school. You're never going to play JV, or I should say, you're never going to play varsity. I cut my hair. I started the next game. I scored 12 points. And as a sophomore, there was three of us from that undefeated team all starting. Then I got kicked out of school. Why? 
Oh, kind of embarrassing. Come on, DDP. Come on. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. What did you do? Well, they two of my buddies threw. The, the the girls' locker room was across from the boys' locker room. They threw her in the. It was like it was like something happened all the time. Mm. And bottom line is, as she was leaving, I said, "Everybody's dressed," so I mooned her. I was wearing a jock, <laughs> but I'm the one who got like, "No, you, you're out." And you know what was really cool was was my ground. She came down there, like I thought she was gonna want to kill me. What do parrots do? Really love you. That's up to you. They stick up for you. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was a stupid thing. And I was like, it was my fucking jock. I didn't say fucking, but I said it was my jock. And it didn't matter. But I ended up going to another high school, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, still in Jersey. Still in Jersey. Still in Jersey. Point Pleasant. Okay. And uh, I did pretty good. You know, I'm the kid that. If I would have stayed back that one year, and I wish they would have pushed me back, but sometimes kids need that one more year. Mm. And then they go from here to here. Like, I never would have played professional ball, but I would have, you know, gone D2 or something like that. Right. You know, I just it would have taken my game to a different level. So so back then, they didn't care about injuries. They didn't care about the grades, because your grades are probably still no, bad they were They were poor, but I passed. Okay. I paid like again. I had people write my shit. He cheated. He said he cheated. I cheated. I mean, it was what it was. Right. I mean, yeah, you do. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was dyslexic. Jay Leno was dyslexic. You know mm. how did they get through? They got through because of their charisma, because of their fortitude to like they knew they weren't stupid. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you said that you got hit by. No, before we move on, you know, I want to progress. You said you were hit by a car at 12. What the hell were you doing? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, 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 DDP. We want to know that. I'm going to have to take a piss break at some point. So, sure, whenever you. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. All right, so that day, my gram, it's snowing. And there's like. Again, we're up here. We're not like in Atlanta where it's a half inch of snow. Everything shuts down. Mm-hmm. But here we live through the snow. And mm-hmm. I've seen it all over. I don't know what you fuckers do up here because the cars and the snow is all over. If it was ever like Buffalo, you'd be screwed. But it's like there's snowing outside. Wear your boots. Mm. So let me ask you. Are you wearing boots to school in your grade school? Especially when you're like in seventh, eighth grade. I mean now, but not then. No. Yeah, but now you're like, no, <laughs> put the fucking now. boots on. <laughs> yeah. But back yeah. then you're like, nah, I'm fucking wearing boots. And, yeah. Three. And she just started in on me. Da 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 da. I'll put on the. So there's some f bombs flying as I'm tying the fucking boots as tight as I can. Fucking so pissed because it's fucked my quan up because I'm not going to go to the school bus station. We got our own. That's so we can be with everybody through the whole bus ride. Dyslexia, I wouldn't say so much as ADD. Mm-hmm. Because like, boom, 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 boom. I can do five things at one time today. Actually, pretty fucking well. Back then, not so much. 
So as I'm coming out to the street, I want to get the candy. So I'm like, Stan, watch the bus. Now I'm looking, there's the bus. As I walk out in front of the car that's right there. And I'm sure that woman jammed her brakes on. But she's in sleep. And it hit my knee. My face bounced off the hood. And I flew 40, 42 feet for the point of impact. And the only reason I know that is because of the story that, like, when something happens in my life that's, like, impactful like that, and I wake up and see a woman named Deb Bettages, bright red hair, and she goes, oh, my God, look at his face. Because my nose went... You know, my eyes went because I got like, you know, and thrown. An ambulance never even came because, you know, it's Jersey, 1968, and snow and slushes everywhere. Cop car came up, slid me in, took me to the deal. Now they're cutting my clothes off me. As they're taking me anywhere in zero. That's the most I know. That's the most I remember. <laughs> so, so, wow. so, so, you cheat, did you cheat in high school as well? Yeah, everywhere. You cheated everywhere. You graduated from high school. Yeah, like at a 289, 287. <laughs> I was right at the end. You think it because I was tall. You know, but I, you know, I slipped through and the teachers loved me. I can, we can see why. Yeah, because I'm me. You know, I'm become same guy back then, except for way more energy. What made you want to get into the wrestling? What 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 was that trigger for you to say I want to do wrestling? I started younger. I started like I was like 15 because you know I watched you know Bruno San Martino and I watched Handsome Jimmy Valiant, which Handsome comes from Handsome Jimmy Valiant because I loved him. I was like, wow, he's the guy. I didn't realize he was so hot. He's doing his promos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but the, and, and I'm not a pot smoker. I'm not a pot smoker. Like it just, it's something that doesn't agree with me. THC doesn't agree with me. But oh, wow. the bigger than life wrestling persona. Like, I know who I am today. And I kind of had a really good idea back then. I know I'm bigger than life. I'm the only guy I would say is bigger than life than me is The Rock. Like that mm. fucker is like like Ric Flair. He's like he's in a different plane, you know. But Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I think in the wrestling world was way bigger than I was, as a human being, me together, we're the same. You know, he's one of my closest friends and has been for 28 years. And there's certain people who are just a different, they're on a different plane, you know, whether it's Denzel Washington or freaking Brad Pitt. Got it. They're on a different plane, you know, and knowing who you are is so important, but knowing who you want to be is more. Mm. Like fucking, and, and I heard Gary V, you know, a lot of people know who Gary V is today. He says like, fuck, fake it till you make it. No, fuck that, Gary V. I love you, bro. But fucking fake it till you make it is so important. It's because of who I want to be. And the reason why I took the name instead of 
when Paige Joseph Falkenberg, which is my given name. I know, I know. Stop trying to be Diamond Dallas Page, this bigger-than-life wrestling persona. And Diamond Dallas Page started to take on the characteristics of Paige Joseph Falkenberg. And it's just a knowledge of being comfortable in your own skin. And I'm going to be that fucking guy. Like, you can't tell me who I'm not. Because I already know what I've done and what I continue to do. Like, when I talk to my buddies, like, again, I'm 66 in another freaking two months. All my boys, they're all fucking retired. And I'm like, hmm, I'll never be retired. Will I enjoy my life? I mean, I am the happiest motherfucker ever. The woman I finally found is my real soulmate. And they, people throw that word around. But there was a point when she sent me a text and it said, finding one's true soulmate is finding someone who speaks your language. Mm. So you don't spend an eternity translating your soul. How, but how crazy. That was crazy. Crazy. Like, I didn't, I knew it was like 1978, 1979, I was, but I wasn't sure. But actually, this is the second match I ever had, December 7th, 1979. Mm. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's me and Book on, me and oh. Book on the next page. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the dreads, the whole deal, Tell me someone did it like he did it before Booker. Nobody. Nobody. Like, Book's the one who started everybody having out their helmet, fucking pulled up on the top of their head. Pull the mic every, closer. Like, okay. everywhere. Book yeah. Book is the guy. He's that guy. I'll tell you what. Like, are we, are we rolling? We are rolling. Okay, so let me tell you about Booker T. First of all, I knew he was money from the day I saw him. I just... Is new because just the way he handled himself, the way he uh, respect at a different level for everybody. So, so me and Book are buds, right? And you remember Joe Clark, Lean on Me, cat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. You know, for those of you who don't remember or don't know, he Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman played him, but but he they. They chain, he would chain the doors of the high school to keep the drug dealers out. Right. He's a heavy cat. Mm -hmm. He walked around with a baseball bat, like way before Sting. <laughs> like, <laughs> they say, say you know, he used to call me Joe or something. Now they call me Batman or something like that. No, <laughs> right? I mean, Crazy Joe. Crazy Joe. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jimbo in the background with the fire hazard. <laughs> kind of the well, hey, well, if you keep the fucking drug dealers out of a high school, yeah. that's not a bad thing. I agree. You know? So, uh, me and Book are doing this thing for Joe Clark, and by this time, Joe is going to a different level. And I want to say we either Jersey or New York. I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere up in this area. And we're at a place where the kids were in jail. It's not like like you fuck up one more time and you're going to jail. It's like, no, no, no. 
you're going to jail. Like, this is like the spot in between where they were at the county prison. Mm-hmm. And now this is where you're at before you go to the real big house. So I get up and I do my shit. And it's pretty fucking impressive until Book gets up there. And Book, he talks about fucking, and he, he gets them going and gets them laughing and gets them going and live. And then he talks about being a gangster and holding up 7 11, not 7 11, I think it was, I think it was fast food places like McDonald's. Burger King, I could be wrong about that. It was something like that, though. And they got, like, they they stole from 20-some different places until they got caught. And then they got caught. Mm-hmm. And then he went away. And he did years. He did. He did, like, the big-time years. Mm-hmm. Where you were a young man being in a prison system. And you can't say I didn't do it like you did it. And it was his brother, Stevie Ray. Now, I'm listening to this for, like, the first time ever. And I'm like, like, right with those kids. I'm like, wow. And knowing who he is, who I just drove in here with, and not knowing the backstory, and no one knew. Like, no one. Booker T trusted me to say it in front of me. And when I heard that, man, we got in that limo going to our next place we were going to. I was like, Book, Book, wow. That was heavy, man. I just, I was blown away, bro. I go, man, what you have overcome. The person who you are today. Like, dude, we you have to tell that story. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, just not yet. It was three years before he told that story. I never told Saul. Cause I, if you're my blood, my fucking brothers, like I ain't. So before you left, you were answering a question. And that's first of all, shout out to Booker T. I think it's dope that you acknowledge that. Uh, giving him his flowers and and um, able to empathize and sympathize with the story. You know, I gotta salute you, man, because we all got our own story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's real right there. You know, and and it's good to hear that because you look at the people and he just is an example, and you are examples that if you you can do anything if you put your mind to it or if you try, don't give up on your dream. You know what I mean, so you got my salute for that. You know? Thank you. Um, anyway, go back because you didn't answer the question of. <laughs> uh, yeah, we go back. Of how, what made you get into wrestling? What well, made me get into wrestling because I love the bigger than life wrestling personas, and I literally knew, even though no one else knew, or no one else wanted to admit, but I was a bigger than life personality. Got it. And I loved wrestling. I'm never going to be Michael Jordan. I'm not going to be Larry Bird. I'm not going to be any of those cats. Mm-hmm. You know, I love athletics. I'm sure as fuck not going to be on the football field. So, but the wrestling. And it sort of, like. But you were good at, you were good at basketball, you say. You, you were good, doing good at football. Yeah, so but, not, but, not, but not at that level, you know. 
And like now it's like, what do you want to do for a real life dream? Well, in the meantime, I had my own painting business. I started Pages Painters. Okay. You know, and then I I, ran, I was in the nightclub business. I would rent, I would go on the, from being a bouncer to a, you know, a, a bar back to a bartender to a night manager to being my first, you know, running a little rock and roll joint. And guys can say what they want, but if they're straight, and not, there's anything wrong with not being straight. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, but if they're straight, it's about the booze, but in that scenario, the broads in the party. It's all about women. Like, why do you play sports as a kid? BBP. <laughs> What's that? BBP, booze, broads, party. There you go. <laughs> you know, and, and again, like, that's what drove me as a kid. And when I stepped out of the wrestling. I had three matches and I hurt my knee. And my doc who I'd gone to see was like, the same knee, mm. the bad knee. And he was like, you need to take off a month. Now you can go back and go after that dream. Mm -hmm. But I got a chance to run this little rock and roll joint. It was a little place, but it was so much fun. Mm. And the booze, the broads and the party derailed me. So now I go to Houston, Texas, and I'm down there, and I'm freaking doing, and I love country music. I love every, I love rock and roll, I have rap. I love it all. But I just love being in the, in, back then, being in the whole party spot. Like the I can't atmosphere, even, the atmosphere. I can't even go to a club anymore. I can go in, in, out. But back then, if there wasn't like a good party atmosphere, I wasn't going. So I get a chance to come back to it all. And now I'm running, you have to understand that because I walked away from it and, I, and my dream went from to there. WrestleMania happens. Mm -hmm. I was so mad at myself. I was so mad at myself that I wasn't focused on the dream. So when I seen WrestleMania happen, I'd watch and watch, oh, so mad. And I'd stop watching, and then I'd come back WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 3. You know, like, I was so mad at myself, I stopped watching wrestling. And then one night, I'm flicking the channels. Remember how we used to do it like this, <laughs> you know? And I see Gorilla Monsoon. Now, one of the person, the, the, the person who turned me on to Tito Torres was Gorilla Monsoon. He was in Asbury Park Civic Center mm. on the ocean. Me and my buddy, John Shipley, I gotta tell you this, I ran around outside and all the wrestlers would be outside because there's no AC in that place. So mm. they'd be outside getting some air. Hammer, Greg the Hammer Valentine, remember him? How do I get into wrestling? Fuck off. And he walked back inside. He's being a heel. You know, I laughed. And later that night, Gorilla Monsoon, who's got his whole leotard because he's, you know, 400 and some pounds. When he gets out of the ring, the match is over, his bag's right there. He's leaving with everyone. He's leaving. We're running. 
Gorilla, how do we get in wrestling? How do we get in wrestling? He gave me that guy's number. That's how I got into wrestling. So now it's years later, and I'm turning the channels, and I see Gorilla Monsoon. And he's with a cat who's got a leather coat on, a boa around his coat, crazy sunglasses and a crazy do-rag, and it's Jesse the Body Ventura. Ooh. I've never seen this cat before, but I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, this guy. Like, he's mesmerizing. And who's the first guy to walk through the curtain? He's got a bag over his shoulder. Got Fu Manchu. Got long black hair. And that fuck, he walked with swag when really not many people knew what swag was. <laughs> and the way he walked to that ring, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, now I'm stuck watching wrestling. This is 1986. I'm running a big club in Fort Myers now. Fort Myers, Florida. And I was just blown away by what Jake Snake Roberts did in the ring. And when he cut that promo afterwards, I literally called the guy, John Shipley, who I started wrestling with, mm -hmm. and said, John, I don't want to sound stupid here, but... I just saw Jake Roberts in the ring. Did I miss something? Is like, is some matches real and some matches not? Because I couldn't see through his shit. Couldn't. Right? Am I wrong? You're wrong. You You're couldn't right. see through his shit. So, boom, I'm sucked right back into being a wrestling fan. I go to fucking Tampa. I got this big club in Fort Myers, Florida. So now, and I'm gonna tell you how my movie starts. My movie starts with some kick-ass rock and roll music. And you see a 62 pink Cadillac drive into the parking lot. And you see this cat out there, he's got a fucking white cowboy hat on, a white USA jacket. White socks pulled up to his knees, white shorts. He's got a cocktail in his hand, a whistle in his mouth, and a flashlight directing people. That's my dad. That's my dad. Because when he wasn't ironworking, he would find his way to be with me later. But you don't know that later, till much later. You just think he's some character out there. As I roll into my spot, which is Number one, roll in the club. Number one, how you doing? Bing, bang, boom, in the club, and now you're the mayor. You're buying drinks, shit's flying, pussies everywhere. Fucking, you're fucking living the dream at a different level. Club's fucking so packed, you work your way through it. You work your way through the crowd, now you're in the door, now you're in, there's no people, thank God. You go back, you go in your office, you grab your keys, and there's two monitors there. And as you grab your keys, you look over and you say, who is that big fuck? And you look a little closer, and you look a little closer, and you go, no fucking way. 
and you run out the door and you start to go in the club, but you know it's too packed. So you run around the outside of the club, you run in the front door, and you say, Judy, did a guy walk in here that looked like Jake Snake Roberts? And she goes, yeah, everybody thinks it's him. And then you run in there like the mark of marks. And you run in there and you see him and you slow down because you got to be cool. And you settle down and you go, holy fuck, that's him. And you work your way over to him. At some point you go, hey man, you Jake Snake Roberts? Who wants to know? The guy who runs this place. Yes. What can I do for you? What are we drinking? And we got fucked up that night. And for you to really appreciate that, you gotta go to Amazon Prime and watch The Resurrection of Jake the Snake and how I help him take the booze and the pills and the coke and the crack away and help him be the fucking superhero that he is. I watched it great. It was fire. It's a word we use, fire, when something is hot. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, 100%. I think, I think knows, yeah. Yeah, I'll give him that word he could use. It's fire. <laughs> um, um, so that was, so you met him, that was the first time you met him? First time I met him. And of course, he never paid for a drink, <laughs> <laughs> right? I have a picture of Ted DiBiase. Looking later, there, Luke, the bushwhacker, put a picture up about four months ago. Let me see if I can find that. He put a picture. He's yeah. I'll give you these pictures so you can put them up there. You got everything in the uh, Fucking, fucking, uh, fucking Luke, the bushwhacker, put this picture up there. On Instagram? No. Yes. Oh, no, on Facebook. You put it on Facebook, and the picture says, DDP, though Diamond Dallas Page, before he's DDP. And the picture of Ted, God, I should put it close to the beginning. I don't know where the fuck but it is. Which practice does them do? They should do a little, that little gym, right? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. See, I, that's why I watched wrestling around that time. But after that, I kind of, you know what I'm saying? I can't find it. But it's a great picture of me grabbing Ted's hair mm-hmm. like this and pouring tequila straight into his <laughs> mouth upside down. And we did that five times. Mm. That's why that little bottle, that's fucking, <laughs> that's a waste. God, I wish I could find a picture to show you. You would get a kick out of it. But I'll send it to you. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a picture so you got it. Just remind me. You guys remind me about the Ted picture yeah. and 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 the uh, the Luke picture. So you did that. So that's when you met him, and then from there you wanted to be, you know, get into wrestling. How it really kind of happened? It was like probably over that next year, and then so, so many guys came in. 
Like Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, the mm. you know the freaking the Nasty Boys. So many of the guys came in, and what had happened was one night I was you know as a, as a, as a guy who runs a club, you go around and you pick up all the drawers. You know, you just don't let a bartender pick up his drawer, walk in. You're around, so there ain't a lot of you know, partner sharing. You know, of course. And so uh, I had. 13 sticks, which means 13 bartenders. And um, so I just happened to see my DJ at the time play Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And in that video was Captain Lou Albano because he played Cindy Lauper's dad. And the whole thing that they went through, and Captain... Um, Besides Captain Lou, Nikolai Volkov was in it. I think the Sheik was in it. I'm not sure exactly who was in it. But I'm watching these mainstream professional wrestlers in this whole rock and roll environment. And I'm watching that. And I'm talking to myself and I'm like, rock and wrestling. I should have been a part of that. Mm. So now I'm in my office and Smokey, who's my bar head bartender, comes walking in and he goes, hey, Paige J. Now we're all sitting around, we're all drinking after hours. What do you mean rock and wrestling? You should have been a part of that. I said, well, I tried it when I was a kid. He goes, get out of here. How old are you? I said, 23. He said, what was your name? And I tell him, handsome Dallas Page. He goes, whew, you can forget about using that gimmick anymore. And everybody laughed. And later on, now we're drinking, and now the wrestling thing, because Jake, Ted, all these guys are coming in, and I'm doing commercials at this point where it's not just synthesizer voices, like Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. It's like, ooh, yeah, don't miss hot legs. Wednesday night, thousand dollars in cash and prizes. Oh yeah, you know, like I'm doing Mach, I'm doing Hulk, I'm doing Jesse, but they don't know it because these fucking guys come in the club. Mm. So, and I'm in the back, and at some point I go, you know, I'm too old to be a wrestler. I was 31. I said, but you know, Jimmy Hart, he's a manager. He's got the Heart Foundation. I could be, and that's where Diamond Dallas Page comes from. I said, I could be Diamond Dallas Page. I could have the Diamond Exchange. I got a really good buzz going at that point. And I write it down. And then before we get ready to leave, I get this, this idea of, you know, there's not a lot of beautiful women in professional wrestling. Miss Elizabeth's gorgeous, but she's girl next door gorgeous. What if I had a whole stable of the ladies and they were called Diamond Dolls and they were stripper hot? And Smokey goes, oh, that'll be a stretch. Ooh, shot, shot, drink, drink. And so the bottom line is everything that I said there, I wrote down. Just fucking around not wrote down like this is my dream this is my goal mm. this is going to become reality 
I'm just writing it down. And I tell people all the time, just don't think it, ink it. Like, when you ink something. I know, like, I know that was good. Just leave and let him talk. Like, what I do. See, he's going to get his phone. See, he's hyping him up. Now, I'm just going to say to you, like, when it comes to alarms, look at these alarms. These are all my ideas that I come up with. Like, that's for tomorrow. They're in green. The other ones are that are coming. Again, going to be 66. Just don't think it. Ink it. Print it. Burn it into your brain. Mm. Because no matter what, that's how it becomes real. You know, look at Dr. Dre. Like, what the fuck did he do? Like, like insane. When I saw The Defiance the, on HBO. Oh, right, right, right. Whoa. Oh. You know, those three guys together took something that was an idea. And brought it to something else. Yeah. Think of the first rappers. And I want you to think about this. And I don't know who they are. Whether it was Grandmaster Flash or whatever, for me not knowing the, the music as well as I should. Mm. Whoever that was, how many guys were in the corner rapping? And then one guy, I don't know who it was, but one guy said, I'm going to make this a record. How many people laughed in his face? A lot. Everyone. Mm. Fucking everyone. When I became a wrestler and I started icing my knees, you know why here, but both and my back, everyone laughed at me. When I started filming my matches, everyone laughed at me. You know what tells me when someone starts laughing at you of something you believe in? You're on to something. That's a fact. But you can't quit. But whoever that person was, and I really want to know, because I tell the story all the time, but I don't know who the one person, and it's one person that got that deal as someone who rapped in music. It's the hugest part. Country and rap are fucking together so huge that sometimes they intertwine. They do. And what the fuck? Like, how awesome is that? You know, it's like, but the country was around forever. It was. The rap was not. It was something that was created. It's kind of like Rob Zombie's music. Rob Zombie's music so off there, like, there's not, not music. I did his movies. I fucking worked out with him. I know him. Like, he believed it. That was it. And this is something I tell everyone. Never underestimate the power someone gives you by believing in you. More importantly, way more importantly, never underestimate the power you give yourself mm. by believing in you. That's my quote. That's nobody else's. And I said it when I was inducting Jake into the Hall of Fame. It wasn't written. Everything else was written. That was something I felt like. Choo, choo, choo. So you have to believe in yourself 
when no one else does. And I say it in my movie, my documentary, Relentless. I say it right at the end. You have to be relentless. And whoever that first rapper was, and I'm counting on you, DJ, because I'm counting on you. That's DJ Flip. DJ Flip, sorry. (laughs) Barking, I'm counting on you, Flip. All right? I'm counting on you. Because I want to know who... The first rapper was? I want to know who that is so I can tell that story. And I don't care, you know, and that first rapper maybe never really got past that one-hit wonder or whatever. But one-hit wonders Mm -hmm. are amazing. One-hit wonders give you that feeling in your heart Mm -hmm. that you grew up with, and that was a moment in time that shaped your youth and what you thought from there on. Well, as far as the hip-hop, I think they're still debating about it, to be honest. I think, you know, some people say... The DJ was the first rapper. You know, there are people who say that DJ Hollywood was the first person because he, he put a record out before um, rappers put a record out, I believe. And he, he was DJing, but he, what he would do was uh, he would he would put words together over records and then he recorded himself doing it. So DJ Hollywood arguably really? is, the, is the first person who kind of put a record out. Then did, I think did, the, they sell, did they sell records from there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure all of the, you know, all of the. Just to, DJ but, made for the notice, but man. I know DJ Hollywood was, you know, arguably one of the first people who do a hip do, do a hip hop record, and I know Cool Herc is the guy. DJ another DJ, DJ Cool Herc is the guy who started the hip hip hop. Sugar Hill Game was the first, was first right? First commercial, and and I think Rappers Delight, and I think that was the longest. Rappers Delight, that was. I think that's the longest hip hop record in in the Guinness World Record. So, but if you go that direction, I they say Hollywood, then Cool Herc, then. But, but, it ha- record, but, it, though, but it has to be whoever got the record deal. So Sugar Hill Gang. You know, the only, and the reason I say that is because even if you do something that's powerful mm-hmm. and that, that opens it up to, you know, that that's something that you have to you know, give that credit. No, nah, for sure. But, but who got, I'm going to get a record deal. And there's fucking from... Rock acts back in the eighties to fucking before fucking Barry Gordy. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go back there. Talk about it. Talk about that's <laughs> that's heavy shit. Okay, because that's like you know, like everybody knows that Elvis was like Elvis wasn't color. He wasn't white. He was fucking. He could go anywhere and fucking be accepted because. He was there and fucking learning from black people. That's a, that's a fact. No, a fact. A fact. You know, and Eminem talked about that shit. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. Like, who, like, if you look at how we're all human beings, right. but we all come from different ways the way we're raised. So it, we have a different interpretation of how we move forward. And so much of what black people do is the most copied ever because it's cool as fuck. It just is. Because, hey, I've got my own thing, I'm creating this, and I'm gonna do my own thing. So that is really something super special. Mm. Yo, but if you look like a guy like Dusty Rhodes, 
Do you think people fucking even knew what color he was? No. He had no color. DDP has no fucking color. You know, and there's certain people that get that, and they're the ones who help people transcend Amen. and understand, let's do this. Of course. You know? Mm. I'm going to close one time for that, man. That was fire. <laughs> that was a good one. Two questions I have for you real quick. And, um... So, because you know, you know, when you go, you go. And, and, and you talk, it's so captivating that I got to bring you back. <laughs> so you roll all this down, and then what, how did you get into, like you roll all this down, and then it ended up happening. Wrestling happening? Yeah, yeah. You said so you roll all it down, you said you was in, first of all, you didn't tell us how you end up acquiring a club, but that's, it's okay, but. Well, I was, I was a small piece of a club. Oh, okay. Because I was, I, they called me Pop. Got it. Pop was the Prince of Promo. I put the asses in the seats. You got all abbreviated. <laughs> Press and promo pop. <laughs> Dude, it's, 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 it's just my life. It's not like I'm, I'm making it up as I go along. Is this what I lived? It's super easy to tell a story when you actually really live it. And like in my, my documentary, Relentless, I'm fucking relentless. If I believe in something, I don't quit. Mm. I don't quit. There's a point in the resurrection, Jake the Snake, at the end of the documentary. And I said, Jake, you know, at this point we've been through, we, you've, you've, done, you've done the resurrection. Mm. You've come up. You've, you, you've, you, you've, you've, you've blown so many people's minds. I did. But, you know, at the end here, if you quit on you, you quit on you. I won't quit on you, but mm. if you quit on you, that, then that's on you. And he never did. Speaking to Jake the Snake Roberts, like we have our own podcast now, DDP Snake Pit. The day that I sat down with Jake, and I hadn't seen him in a few years, and we started filming The Resurrection, Jake the Snake, I was, I didn't, I didn't know that guy. Mm. And trying to get him to work out with me and he could do one move and sit down and I gotta sit down bro I gotta sit down and they do one move and he sit down and that night or that afternoon when my business partner Steve you and I drove away he's a director of the resurrection Jake the snake he said so what do you think I said honestly I don't think I'm ever going to be able to have a real conversation with my mentor and one of my closest friends. I don't think of, he's so fucking out there because when you put the booze and the pills and the Coke and the crack, like your brain gets full of fog and it just doesn't go away because you stop drinking right. or fact. stop coking or cracking. It's there and it takes years. He stopped drinking eight, he stopped everything eight years ago. He told us. And I'm sure he fell two or three times, but it was for a day. And I can recall two of them when I go, what the fuck are you doing? Did you forget all the work you put in? And it snapped him back, thank God. 
Because if he ever fucked up, people will call me. But this last five years, when it got to three years ago, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Wow. Like, he's smarter because he had the greatest wrestling mind ever. You have to understand. Think about it as ballet, like really fucking physical ballet and acting. You had it. Every, like, fuck rock if Jake is sober. And I don't mean fuck rock. Fuck of rock course. is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean, I just want to make sense. When I say fuck yeah. rock, he, he would say it. If Jake Roberts was the rock, meaning sober like the rock is, because the rock's fucking a different level. But if he was that guy, sober, Maybe. he would open the door for so many of us. Like that's what the rock's doing today. Look at Cena, Batista, freaking. Uh, um, um, Adam, um, what's Adam's last name? Fucking Edge. Adam Copeland. Copeland. Another great actor. Great. I have my own show coming out on Netflix in two more months. It's called Guardians of Justice. Like, The Rock will make that for us, like, so much more open. Like, think about when 50 Cent came in. And all the different rappers came in. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Like, these fucking guys can act. Like, no shit. What about those guys? Like, we're all actors. And it's live. Mm. Like, it's like, there's no cut. Because you just got fucking knocked out. Because that shit happens all the time. Well, how do you deal with that? There's not an actor alive who's ever had to deal with Oh, fuck. Our guy just got knocked out. Mm-hmm. And there's no cut. Mm. 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 I've been there plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you this story. So I'm fucking, <laughs> I wrestled Randy Savage. I wrestled Randy Savage the second time. First time he, he, when Randy Savage put me over at Spring Stampede, when I tell you it changed my life, it changed it at a different level. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even, I can't give an example of it. It put me on a different stratosphere and changed my life forever. 97. 97. Mm-hmm. But two months later, when we had that match and Scott Hall was on the apron, meaning he was like no DQ and he, Randy came in and hit me with the belt. Then Scott gave me the finish. And then Randy came off the top rope. And I've been asking Randy. Because even though you only see us on Monday, maybe Monday and Thursday, but me and Randy was pretty much just Monday back then. I'm wrestling him five other nights a week. Mm. In house shows with no cameras. Which means the NWO are beating my ass. And Randy at 45, is jumping off the top rope at 258 pounds and dropping on my kidneys. And I'm pissing blood. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I said, Randy, please land on my stomach because I can handle that. But the ribs are fucking up my kidneys. 
long that night, when it ticks down to three hours in one second, you know what happens? Goes to the next program. So you have to get it at three hours, period, or two hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds and be done. Or it goes to the next program. Of course, yes, yes. Randy comes off and lands on my face. He's 258 pounds. He just sprung in the air easily 15 feet. And he just landed on my face. Is that the, okay. I'm looking you at can it. watch it back. I'm looking, yeah, it's here, right here. And they fucking, Scott Hall comes in to raise his hands and I sit up and I lay back down. And then it goes to black, meaning three hours and one second. Now I'm backstage and I look at my wife, Kimberly, who's my valet, and I look at her and I go, did I just wrestle? And she said, what? I said, did I just wrestle? She goes, stop it, Paige, you scare me. I go, what the fuck? I go, was it Nitro? Why, what the fuck's happening? Did I just wrestle? She goes, no, 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 no. It's a great American bash. You just ran, wrestled Randy Savage. What happened? She told me after it went to dark, if you don't know if it's dark or not, but looking back at the video, I know it's dark. I sit up like The Undertaker. That would be like John Wayne Denzel Washington, Clint Eastwood, and Rambo all fucking boom, 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 boom. And friggin', friggin' Pacino comes up, come on, cocksuckers! Like, he's all coked up, right? Uh Like, that's like, you don't do that shit. You lay down dead. You're dead. I sit up. I stagger to my feet. I fall through the ropes. I give them both the finger. And she said, now we're here. That's fighting words. That's fighting shit. So I go back in the locker room and I put a table in front of me. Because I know, not good. Not good. They kick that fucking door in. I was knocked out. I don't remember anything. Threw the table out of the way. I'd rather get my ass kicked than fucking sit and explain. I go, you think I was fucking around? You think I would do that? Fuck it. And they walked away. Only because they knew I would never do it. Understood. What the fuck is that? And then that little pee turned into a golf ball. And that golf ball turned into half the baseball as me and Kimberly are leaving and I go to the hospital. And they're like, bad concussion. Like, no wrestling for two weeks. I just did the job. Meaning, I just lost the match in the middle. I'm wrestling Bret Hart tomorrow. I'm going over for the United States champion or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrestle. 
We're in Chicago. Yeah, I see you try to get up. I see. <laughs> you see it, right? Yeah, yeah. Look. Like, I'm not telling any stories that ain't fucking real. And it cuts off. Yeah. Then yeah. it cuts off, right? Like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for not, like, having me sit up and stand up and give them both the finger. Thank you. Thank you, God. Because that would have been really bad. Did he, it was a mistake that he... It, he didn't mean to land on my face. But when you're flying through the air, rather than hit nothing... <laughs> He's hitting my face. I saw it. I see. I just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. How did you come up with? That's two questions. Now you know you have to get. You know we hip hop. We know about. We know about. You know, and this is where the hard questions get because you've been cool all day. We know about you sending Jay Z the lawsuit for this. <laughs> oh, you wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> You think I'm fucking with Jay-Z? <laughs> Not a fucking chance. He can do whatever he wants. We're all good, Jay. <laughs> that, that was, did you do that or, T, uh, w, you know? It was, it was. Um, honestly, Didi. All I can say is the matter has been resolved. Okay. I'm, you don't fuck with billionaires. You don't fuck with them. You don't no. fuck with billionaires. <laughs> and I'm going to be straight. You know, fucking whatever happened, happened in between that. I love what Jade's Jay does doesn't do just for Jay. Just Jay for does everybody. Jay does for fucking a lot of people. And, you know, and sure I got you, a lot of respect for the cat. How did you come up with this then? Okay, so what happened was I was and he said, What happens with this? How did I come up with that? How I came up with that was I was leaving the power plant mm -hmm. and any like that's where I worked out, that's where I trained. And I trained there for five years. Well, most guys, once they got the gig, they're gone. The reason I got so good was because I want to be able to run. I want to be able to have a killer match with Rey Mysterio or Big Show. You know? Back then, he was known as a giant. And one day, I was leaving there, and a guy named Ron Reese... He says, DDP, do you ever think about doing this before you do the diamond cutter? And I stopped. I turned around. I went, diamond defense. Basketball player, right? Let's go. <laughs> and I went, wow, that's good. Now, here's the crazy shit about that. I did it a bunch of times. And one day, because I filmed every match I ever had. One day, I do it, and as I'm putting it down, I see a, because I'm taking it, when I say filmed every match, I don't mean shit was on TV. I mean shit that wasn't on TV. And I'm catching this angle of this fan starting to do this, and when I brought my hands down, they did that. So what I figured out was, oh, okay. I threw it up, and I would count to myself. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Bang. That gave time for everyone to put it up. Mm. And if you watch on any of that shit, and no one was doing it at that time. And you have to understand, when I started doing that, the bookers, the writers, the guys who decide who goes up or down, wins or loses, they didn't believe in me. I mean, I'm 35. 
when I start. I tear my Rotan cuff at 36 and they let me go. I come back at 37. That's after a year with Jake, which was so educational. But I still needed another couple of years of Jake's knowledge. And that's why I did what I did for Jake, because of what he did for me. And I started to figure out the move and the out of nowhere that made the people pop. Like when you can, there's a, there's a video on YouTube. It's called, you should get, there's a couple of YouTubes and one's that Ted video, but the friggin', you should have somebody's up there next to your stuff so you can play it. It's called Diamond Cutters on Everyone. And when you see me do first couple, you see, oh, a couple people do that. They go, oh. And by the end of it, you'll see a whole side of a building, which is 20,000 people, jump out of their seats doing it. It's so like, whoa, that's insane. Now, if you look back at the people I beat, they're job guys. They're enhancement guys. It's not Sting or Hulk or Randy. It's Flex. It's nobody. But I got the people to react because I went out there and I made the person I was working with look like Ric Flair. Well, not Rick, but you know what I mean. I made them look better than they were. Facts. And that applies to everything. Like you two guys make each other look better than you are to each other all the time. That's what's the magic. That's the magic. That's when you have someone you're working with, you want them to look better. You want them to look great because it makes you look great. When I was 22, and I talked about this with Jimbo earlier, I heard, I heard a guy named Zig Ziglar, and he was a Bible thumper, motivational speaker. And this is what he said. He said, you can get whatever you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. Mm. That's powerful. You help other people get what they want, all the rest just falls into place. I'm watching a video. It says every diamond cut on Monday Nitro, right? And the first one that comes up is, (laughs) I don't know who the guy is, but he messes up the diamond cutter because... And it looked like you got mad at him. <laughs> this guy right here. It looked like you got oh, mad at him. Oh, yeah. yeah he fucked it up. That's the NWO night. You, 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 you got mad at him. You I look, was pissed. I could tell. I was mad as fuck. What, what was he supposed to do, Didi? What, what, like, what did he do wrong? Right. You, you, hit the, you hit his head. Like, I threw him in a turnbuckle. Okay, guys. I threw him in. Can we still see this here? Yeah. All right, I got to take a piss. I'll come right back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why you like that guy? He's too well I'm yeah. up anyway. I'm yeah. already up, right? Shit. I at the beach, not a Lulu the other day, but other than that. He's pissed off. Yeah, he missed it. Nice move, DDT. Give me a piece of time. Oh, what's the thing? Who was he fighting? Who's the guy, though? I'll tell you what, this makes the Super Bowl look why he did that? Nice. 
Except this. Hey! No! No, no, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And comparing to what he was at. Yes! Oh, yes! That looks great! Yes! What did the guy do? Except this. Hey! No! He, he jumped, uh, like right here. He jumped into it. He he went too early. Like he jumped. Yeah. He's pissed. Look, he hit his hand. He pissed him off. Make sure you ask that question. That's a good question. He sent you. Jump in. Answering a lot of his own, uh, lot of questions. Explain that, or how do you want yeah, to do yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to sit, sit in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can do it from here. Are we ready? Yeah, we ready, yeah. Ready? Okay, so what I wanted him to do is hit the turnbuckle, and boom, hit, stagger out. Now I'm going to hit the, the ropes and come off and grab him and hit him with a cutter. He hit the ropes... And then he just like dove, like dove. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I jumped from where I was and I caught him right, right here and the place still popped because they were so used to me by that point, like catching the cutter on it, catching, catching the, the people were so used to at that point, catching for me to catch the cutter out of nowhere that they still popped. Now you have to understand, this is New Orleans. This is in the dome. Yeah, I see. They had a sectioned off. That's 100,000 people. That third, we had 33,000 people there. No one had done a crowd like that unless it was a WrestleMania. But not a Monday night. And when I hit that thing, the roof blew off. But I was so fixated because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and kind of guy who likes to control shit. <laughs> control freak, I guess they call us. Me too. When he just dove, I knew that that didn't look anywhere near as good as it could have. Mm. So I was so mad and threw him over. But also, 
the booking committee back then, the guys who write, who wins, who loses, how long your match is. Like, I really felt like they were fucking with me at a different level because I came up with the whole idea for me to drop Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who were the NWO. Before Hulk came in, those were the guys. Those were the guys who changed the face of professional wrestling. Now, when Hulk turned and joined them, really big deal. Big. And big. But without Scott showing up, no one knew. It wasn't like, okay, camera four, Scott Hall's coming in. No one knew. That's when wrestling works at a different level. When it blurs the lines, like what's real and what's not. Scott Hall showed up, four people knew. Eric Bischoff, the guy who was in charge, Kevin Sullivan, the head booker. Um, I think uh, Eric, the guy who was the director um, and me. And the only reason I know is because I'm best friends with Eric Bischoff. I'm the one who helped this whole thing happen. Like, I'm the one who called Kevin and said, hey, man, how far do you got to your deals up? It's up. Oh, I got something you need to maybe look at. For whatever reason, Vince McMahon probably <laughs> was not my biggest fan coming into WWE. I never knew that, though, because I never thought that that was, like, public knowledge, you know? I just wanted my buddies back with me because me and Kevin Nash were tag team partners six years earlier, five years earlier. We were nobody. We're bottom of the card. They call it the curtain jerkers. Like no one ever believed in us. So you help your buddies, you know? I got a question. Yeah. Um, so talk about you creating this move and like how to, how to hold... Uh, Diamond Cutter move can't came into fruition. A buddy of mine named Johnny Laurinaitis. Johnny. Uh, yep, Johnny. And his name was Johnny Ace in wrestling. And he stayed with me one day. Now, I stayed at his house probably 10 times mm. when he was in Florida. But he was coming through Atlanta working in Japan at the time. And he had this move where you grab a guy's head around the neck and just kick out. And he would do the peace sign before he'd do it. And then there was a guy named Steven Regal who had, he showed me how to do a cravat. He was a shooter, like wrestling shooter, meaning like he grab you, you're fucked. That's it. <laughs> you know, like he could grab you and he could fucking beat your ass and, and stretch you as they'd call it. But William Regal, is this? Yeah, William, yeah okay. William Regal. Okay. And he showed me this move. And if I grab you in it, you're going to go like, you know, and can make you turn all sorts of colors. And... Like, wow, that gave it legitimacy. And then Jake, he did a move called the DDT. And it, it was a big, easy thing if he just grabbed you and took you. But if he came out of nowhere with it, it popped the people. Now, when I started wrestling at 35 and a half, and then I tore my rotator cuff, mm -hmm. it was Jake who put a call into me. Hold on, my closer. Yeah. To see how I, you know, how are you doing? 
And he was gone from WCW by that time. He was only there for a couple months. Mm. And I went to see him at the Marriott. And him and his old lady were split up. So I called my girl, Kimberly, who I was married to at the time, and said, can Jake come home and take the downstairs room? And he did. I thought it would be two weeks. It was three months. But I was so excited to learn from Jake because this is Yoda. This is like learning from the master of ring psychology. Because remember, it's a dance, but it's a really physical dance. And if you don't, if you just move, 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 move means nothing. If you don't tell a story through the moves, if you don't make the good guy look good and then the bad guy heals and beats him down and the good guy comes up and then the bad guy beats him down, like there's a story to it. And that's when you're watching moves and people are going, and they're screaming and yelling. You've heard it. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's heard it, but you don't know why they're doing it if you don't understand, because you're not involved. But if you get involved and you understand the story, it's really compelling. And that's why Flip loves it. You didn't really understand it because you didn't grow up through that. Right. But if you had a buddy like him when you were younger, where you went, no, dude, you got to watch this. And let me tell you some of the backstory because it's all a story. Like, I think of um, the craziest thing uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Mars movie where he went to Mars and he's struggling and he's reaching and he's pulling and you just got to reach up and grab this one thing that will give air to Mars. It's a hand. And he finally struggles and struggles and struggles. And he catches the hand. If you look at every freaking movie, it's the same shit. There's a struggle. You beat the good guy down. And then he starts fighting back. And then the bad guy beats him down. And you get fucking pissed if it's a really good, good guy. And then he fights back, and then he beats him down. It's, it's just storytelling. It's storytelling 101. Right. And with the move, the diamond cutter, Jake had a couple of ways into it. I developed 50 into the diamond cutter. Since then, they've developed another 150. There's a match that Cody Rhodes had last week, and you should throw this into this because it's the most craziest diamond cutter ever. They just call it a cutter now because, you know, so it can be for every person. This guy, Sammy Guerrero, and Cody Rhodes are climbing the ladder to grab the belt. Mm, and Sammy's on the ropes, and he's got a 10-foot ladder in front of him. And he grabs the ladder, and somehow... This, you know, Rey Mysterio and this kid, maybe two of the best ever to control their body. He springs to the top of the ladder. Cody's climbing up the other 15-foot ladder. He's, Sammy springs to the top of the ladder and then springs off the ladder. And he grabs Cody by the neck. And they fall. 12 feet down. Mm. 12. 
feet down to the ring. And it's fucking impressive. Now, are they going to pay for that shit later? Ooh. <laughs> they have no idea. Cody's 35. Sammy's probably 28. They have no idea. I'm going to be 66. I know exactly. Before I came here, I just oh, didn't get stem cells in both shoulders, in both knees. But I also got a thing that I'm one of the test subjects. And it's called A2M. And A2M is taking your blood and spinning it, which is PRP, but at a different level. They take it to a different level so it makes this paste. And what it does is it gets injected into your knees. I had three injections in each knee, two injections in both shoulders, which is stem cells. And I don't mean just regular stem cells. I'm talking about the placenta mm. from a woman having a baby. Of course. And then the uh, A. They the ARP, A two no excuse me A two P, and what it is it's it's a uh, it's to help arthritic joints. Mm. My knees are both bone on bone. I don't want to have to have knee replacements. Most likely I'm going to have to do it, but how long can I hold back the hands of time? That's what DDP yoga is all about holding back the hands of time. I want to be able to kneel on my knees. When you have those, like, steel knees, nowhere near as easy. Hmm. When you, um, before I get into, like, because I heard about um, a couple of things through the years, but I'm going to ask you this question real quick. Um, when you got into WWE, right at the time when when, when Vince, yep, you know, he bought the company, quiet, yeah, WCW. Do you feel like they sort of played you? No, hundred percent. Keep it real, keep it real. You felt you no, felt that way? No, it wasn't. It wasn't me. It was no, no, bro, bro. It wasn't me. It was whoever came in from WCW, and I just happened to be one of the biggest faces to come in, so. You know, it's business. Like, wait a minute. You kicked our ass for, well, first of all, you went back and forth for a year. And then you kicked our ass for 83 weeks. And then we went back and forth. And then we finally beat your ass. It's business. Dad. It wasn't, I, I took it. It's like, I never look at them motherfuckers. You know, like, I never look at it like that. I never that. felt that way. I got it. No, no. I started to, like any human being would. But you have to think to yourself, okay, what did I learn from that mistake? And when I say mistake, I walked away from 400, four fucking hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars because I was owed one point two whatever it was, and to walk to go to WWF at the time, which would become WWE. Uh -huh. To do that, they offered us 50% on the money because WCW is like, we're not going to, you know, which is Turner, or not even Turner anymore. It's 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 Warner Brothers at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, we'll offer you 50 cents on the dollar. 
Well, Goldberg, Nash, Hall, Hulk, all of them was like, fuck, I'll take my money. And Nash, who's always been one of my, not just one of my best friends, but one of my, like, brothers who start together who I, I respect what he has to say. And I should have listened to him. Like, like, D, don't take the money. But I was like, I was 35 and a half at the time. And I only had so much time left where I could perform at that level. And if you look at me and Christian in WrestleMania, probably about six months later, like, you can't tell who's 26 and 46. And it was important for me to be able to perform at that level at that point. But when I went in there and I realized what they were doing, I was like, oh, wow. What made you realize it? <laughs> Look at how the angle went. It was just, because it was set up to crush. But but who, who, who when you first went there, when you ha heard the news, who did you think that you would go against? Who did you hope? Like, Originally? You yes. People's champion against people's champion. Ah. Uh, I mean, how could you? I had that angle two years before I got there in front of Vince McMahon. I was at a show two years before this. Just finished Ready to Rumble. And Big Show was the champ back then. Mm -hmm. And he was my boy. You know, fucking, I raised him. I got him ready for Hulk at 24 years old. I'm the guy in the power plant, teaching all the young guys back then. And show I loved, we got along amazing. And when he finally started working, he had the cars, he had the hotels. So I didn't have to pay for a hotel and cars. I'm making nothing at the time. But back to where I finally got to WWE, I'm thinking, excuse me, two years before that, I'm making millions of dollars now. I'm on top of the world. Of course. And I go to the show to see Big Show. And when Pat Patterson sees me, Pat. he pushes me upstairs. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm totally understandable. And she, uh, Big Show was like right before the intermission. And then later, the end of the main event is going to be The Rock. And The Rock had the big walrus sideburns, the Elvis shit going on. He wasn't The Rock yet, but he's, you can just know. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's on this, he's on this, you know, he's on this friggin' this <laughs> rocket. He's on this rocket, but you know. But at that time, I'm still over him in our world, you know? So, I... Big Show comes up, and he's like, uh, I, I want to watch The Rock's match, because I've never seen him with no cameras. I want to watch him without the cameras. Just as good. So now we go to leave, and when you're in the, um, where the Blue Jays play, can't remember what the name of the stadium is, but it's huge. And we're going to get his bag so we can go out, because we're going out and partying. And uh, we walk into the, the dressing room, and it's huge. 
and there's nobody there because everybody's getting out of there before the last you know, Rogers before. Center. What's it called? Rogers Center. In uh, in um, in Toronto, right? Yeah, Blue Jay. Yeah, uh, yeah Blue Jay Stadium. Yep, yeah, yeah, Rogers yep. Center. Yep. Okay, so it's it's just a huge stadium all the way around, and at that point, me and Show walk in to the locker room. And he's like, hey, do you want to meet The Rock? I said, if he's still here, sure. And Big Show goes, yo, Rock, you here? He goes, yeah, I'm in the shower. And he says, awesome. I got a huge Mark who's dying to meet you. And I just fucking like, you fuck. And I go, yeah, I don't want to meet you unless you're naked and your body's all soapy. And Big Fucking rock sticks his head around the corner, and he's sudsed up like the Michelin Man, right? And he sees me, and he goes, "Oh, diamond," because you know when you hear that voice, which my voice is kind of unique. He, uh, you know, you don't know who that, like, who is that in this building? He sees me, he's like, "Oh, diamond, I'll be out in a minute." I'm like, take your time, bro. He came out, super classy guy. I said, you know, when you first came in. Jake told me, you're going to be huge in the business. It's like 96, right? Jake was booking at the time. He said, D, he's so good looking, I don't know if I want to fight him or fuck him. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, what the fuck, Nick? Really? And, 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 and Brock laughed like that. He went, that sounds like something Jake would say. <laughs> I said, but he told me you were going to be one of the top guys in the business. He told me I was going to be it in 1993 when he lived with me. And I thought, wow. Right? I, I don't see it. But if he sees it, mm. remember, never underestimate the power someone gives you mm. by believing in you. I got all these quotes I have, they're like fucking like burned in my brain. And he said, I said, he said the same thing about Austin when he was the ring bearer with DiBiase. And he said, well, you know, Jake, great eye for talent. Shook his hand, walked out, and I'm just about through the door. And then I hear, hey, Diamond. This big show gets out of my way. I can see it's The Rock. And this is The Rock. And he's putting on one of his $1,500 Versace shirts. And he says, you know, Diamond, there's only one people's champion. And Big Show's like, Aah! And I deadpanned him. I said, you know, Rock, you're right. And you, well, you, you're looking at him. Oh, and I was out the door. And Big Show was like, oh, my God, you stuffed him. Oh, my God, nobody does that to him. So later that night, we went and got fucked up. Like, strip joints in fucking Canada are insane. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. And uh, I went back, and I woke my wife up, Kimberly. I said, baby, wake up, wake up. I got to tell you, no, leave me alone. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to fuck you. I got to tell you the story. Wake up. <laughs> what the fuck?
<laughs> just being real. So I said, I, can't. I said, I want you to hear I'm going to show up at WWF. He's like, what are you talking about? You signed a multi-million dollar deal with WCW. I said, wake up. Okay, so now I'm sitting in this chair. She's getting her shit together, waking up. I said, this is what's going to happen. When I show up in WWE, they're going to turn off all the lights. Everybody thinks it's going to be Jericho. It's going to go 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And then you're going to hear Jim Ross' voice go, excuse me, everybody, we're having technical difficulty. Just hang in there. And then for the first time ever, you will hear my voice in a WWF arena. Who's the real people's champion? Spotlight. You're looking at him. Bang! Boom, 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 boom. Explosions. I literally said to her, Rock will be injured. He won't be there. He won't be there to have the confrontation. He'll be in a movie, something. When I showed up there, he was making the Scorpion King. God set it up for me. God set that shit up for me or whoever it is that controls this video game we call life. Whoever it is, it was done. And what I took away from it and why I'm not pissed, I've made a lot more money following my heart and changing people's lives than I ever made in wrestling. Because I learned from Vince McMahon, sometimes you gotta get up and walk away from the table. And I didn't do it that day. And I let it play out. And it wasn't my destiny. So, that's what I learned. Did um did you have any cuz you know we know about you talking about you know um some invisible heat basically between Oh, 100% from the company and I didn't really realize it. <laughs> you didn't let me <laughs> No, I don't need to because Stone Cold Steve Austin brought it up to me in an interview I just did with him and he was like did you realize how much heat was between the companies? And I did, but I didn't. I really didn't. You was just there to do a job. Excuse me? You was just there to do a job. No, I was there to fucking do something really amazing. And I never got the opportunity to do it because they weren't gonna give that opportunity. Mm. And now here's the here's the options. And you're, you're an old time wrestling fan. Mm. How do, Wrestling fans normally react to that. Not wrestling fans, but wrestlers. How do they normally react to when something doesn't go their way? They are, you know, they angry and vocalize it. Yeah. So they badmouth. Yes. Do you hear me badmouth anybody? No. No. Like every decision I make, right, wrong, or indifferent, is my decision. Did I make the wrong decision sometimes? 
Absolutely. What did I learn from that? Remember, parenting yourself. What did you learn from that? Like, what would... If I had a dad that knew how to do that, what would he have said to me? If I had a mom who knew how to do that, what would they have said to me? See, that's what I figured out. And that's on me. 100%. So the heat, the bullshit... It's not, it's not your thing. Doesn't work for me. No, let, let, let me give you the greatest quote ever. And I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it. Anger, 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 or hatred. You having angered or hatred for someone is like swallowing poisoning. Swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. Oh, that's a good line, that's heavy. That's some heavy shit. That's real. I'm still in that. No, take it, baby. Thank because you. Because <laughs> more people, more people have to hear it, so they stop fucking doing it. I don't hold shit. Mm. I'm the duck, and I fucking watched Jay Z do that one time. He's mm. like, I'm the duck. Like, facts. You no, know, no, like fucking let it roll off. Like that's powerful. That is a powerful statement. I am the king of not holding that shit. Because if I would have held it, or I would have taken the other choice, they're never gonna make me a Hall of Famer, even though I should have been there 10 years earlier. No matter, I got there. And it would be exactly where it was supposed to be when it happens. Like, when I started on my quest to being an actor, it took eight years for Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler, to get over. Eight years to be an overnight success. For DDP Yoga, it took eight years when my company went boom because of all the good. But in acting, we'll see. But if it happens this year, it'll be 20 years. It'll actually be 22 years. And I got a show coming out on Netflix called Guardians of Justice. And it's going to be so different, this superhero, dark superhero series. It's going to be so different. People are going to go, wow, that's amazing, or too crazy. What? So what I was saying... Before you know the heat, because I, I did read on something like you was explaining um, some invisible heat that you know, like you and Flair might have had, or you said you, you know you guys worked it out or spoke about it. Big, yeah, and, big time. And you know, was there anybody that we don't know about that you had a misunderstanding with, or you felt that they didn't like you? Yeah, but misunderstandings mean nothing because wrestling is so you know predetermined. Yeah. And people don't understand why other people ended up getting the pushes. Everything I ever got, I earned times fucking five. And I will face to face talk to anyone about that. 
Some people felt you shouldn't have got the push. Don't give a fuck. Like, say it to my face, and we'll talk about it. It's not right. going to be a heated altercation. It doesn't mean that. But what, what it does mean is that, no, you don't get to talk about me over there. Got it. And then I'll talk about you over there. That's not what a man does. Face to face. Mm. Fucking A. I, like, I don't ever do that. You know, the really cool shit about being Flair was, was that we did have coming up, what I just called this, you know, and... I didn't want that. You know, I love Ric Flair. You grew up watching him, right? No, but everything. I just like, I, I, there's just something about him that makes him the most special cat in what we do. Dusty Rhodes was that guy. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham was that guy. Hulk Hogan was that guy. Randy Savage was that guy. Um, The other guys were my contemporaries. So I don't look at it like that, you know? Um, you know, I have a lot of fucking respect for Taker. People don't understand that because of what we went through, but I do. And fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and The Rock, you know, Stinger, you know, Lex Luger, fucking Rock. I mean, um, um, Nash and Hall, like all those guys, Goldberg. I have so much respect for them because I know what they did to get there. And I know the work that was put in before the ring work ever was. Like, what got you there? And then how much time you put into that? And then what you did out there and what you put into it. So the thing with me and Nate, the thing I loved the most was when I finally reached out to him at a, we were in a green room one night and he, you know, he just had all the balloons dropped on him and shit, you know, and that he was giving, they were giving him his big retirement as, as he should have been. Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching that and I'm like, man, I do not want to feel this way about him. I don't want him to feel that way about me. And I decided that I knew exactly what I was going to do. He was in the green room. I watched him come in, all the people crowded around him. And I walked up as they were, leaving and eventually he was like hey diamond hey nature can we talk for a sec I said absolutely we walked off to the side i said listen man i know we've had heat over the years and he said hey don't worry about that d i go i i'm not worried about nature i want to fix it i said i know i said some shit i know you said some shit i don't give a fuck i said i would love to start all over again bro I love the Nature Boy, man. I said, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> he popped, gave me a big hug, kiss on the forehead. And that was the beginning of us fixing it. And all I can tell you is eight years later, when I went in the Hall of Fame, and he saw me walking past the bar, and he called me over, and I sat down. And we had numerous times been together before this especially the time Dusty died. I felt like Dusty put us back together. I mean, it was something really crazy special. But that night he said to me, he said, uh, so what time's your flight tomorrow? I said, 7.30. He was like, oh, who the fuck booked that? I go, not me. He goes, I got a Learjet. I got the limousine. You and your wife, I got you. You live in Atlanta, right? I was like, 
yeah, Nate, but I got all these bags. He's like, put them in, send them over to uh, FedEx. I don't want to hear about it. Don't wake me up before 12 o'clock. Don't call me before 12. We're leaving at 2. And Ric Flair flew me out on his fucking Learjet, landed, it was my birthday, took us to dinner, limousined us back. I mean, and way before that, we were super tight. And I love the Nature Boy. So no one can say any fucking heated shit to me. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it doesn't exist with me. Is Vader still mad at you about... <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Vader, God bless him, is gone. Vader is gone. And I really tried to help him. I moved him into my house for a little while. And I tried to help him. And he just wasn't ready. And unfortunately, when some people aren't ready, it doesn't work out. Like, that's what my movie, Change or Die, not movie, but our, our document, uh, docu-series is all about, yeah. Change right. or Die. It's like, either change, or you're going to die. Did it make you feel bad that now that he's, uh, that he passed away that you... No, you because I tried. You tried I, your I best. I can't, I, you know, first of all, you can't make people change. And it came from Jesse, who his son is. He's a great kid. Call me the other day. Um, he's a really great kid. And Jesse came up with him because he wanted to help his dad change. And the thing is, when you're a, a stud like Leon was, like he was a stud, man. He played in the NFL for five years, yeah, professional wrestler, but not just a professional wrestler. He's a 400-pound professional wrestler who could do moonsaults off the top rope. That's a fact. Like, he was maybe... He was a... Jumbo Ray Mysterio. You know what I mean? Bam Bam, same way. Well, And those two together were magic. Bam Bam, who I know since he was 16, we're both from Jersey. We're both eight miles apart where we were born. Like, we were super tight. But, you know, Leon, you know, he, you get something caught in your head where you can't stop wrestling. And I explained to him, I can't get you to stop. I can't help you. I can't help heal your body if you won't let your body heal. Mm. You know, you got it. Your body has to heal. So you didn't feel like you, you was content, like. No, I couldn't. I couldn't help him. He There's so many people, dude. You know what I mean? He didn't want to. He didn't want to move. What I heard, he didn't want to move to it. No, he didn't. He wouldn't stop wrestling. He wouldn't stop wrestling. Here's the big deal. Have you ever seen that disabled veteran I helped? Yes. You seen that video? Mm. When that video went viral, it's gone viral five times, like viral. People start writing me. Like, they think my letters, my initials, are JC instead of DDP. Like, they think I can heal the fucking dead. Like, no, I can't. I can help you. But unless you want to put the fucking work in, it don't work. Right. 
I mean, not, tell, tell me, you know, wait, do, you, do you know any addicts, Flip? Say it again? Do you, know any, do you know any addicts? Um, not, yes. I had to think about it to be respectful. Yes, I do. Okay. Can you make them change? No. Well, how, how, how do they change? I even offered them money to, you know, to go. Right, to that don't change. work. Yeah, it doesn't. How do you make them change? I don't know. They have to want to change. Yeah. If Jake, if you knew how many times I tried to help Jake, again, I don't have this career. It was so funny to me, you know, in a way, because when COVID hit hard, mm-hmm. Jake was coming and going in my house. At some point, I said, Jake, if you leave again, you can't come back because and and today i have my own viewpoints on all of this fucking bullshit and that's what i'm going to call it yeah okay but at the time it was fucking dark and jake had called me and he'd been in a hotel for three weeks there's nobody in the restaurant like when i'm talking about the hotel and there's no one working the hotel, but the guy who's all screened off and he's masked off and it's just Jake in the fucking hotel. In the Marriott fucking hotel. He's by himself. And now he's starting to type shit on fucking Twitter (laughs) because he's fucking getting like anyone would be trapped and scared because there's nothing no food there's nothing so i fucking called them and said we're coming to get you and Brittany, my daughter with my 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 granddaughter it's like why why does he have to come here and she loves jake i said because we don't have this fucking big ass house without him you what you're right you're right so jake enabled me to be able to have this insane career right that's nothing to do with wrestling it got me here but what i've done the last 15 years has nothing to do with wrestling your wife you married again you're married now Paige. the last name is Oh, no, that's her first name is Paige. No, I know, I know, I know, but that's crazy. Yeah. Well, did, did I kill your joke there? No, no, no. I was going <laughs> to say the McMahon thing, like you know, like. Oh, her last name. That's what I said. Her last name is you know. Is any like what, what's up, man? DDP. What's, McMahon. Yes. Uh, is she related to them? No. No. DDP, stop playing. Man. She was no. Crazy. How crazy is that? That is crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> is, she, is she related that's, to them at all? That's crazy. No, not at all. <laughs> I met I met Paige ten years ago. And the reason why I didn't stay with her is because she was eighteen years younger than me. Got it. And she ran hundred mile races. She climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Fuji and like she's a just a fucking she's a stud and i thought 
man, my first wife and I split up because she needed someone to go mountain biking with her and, you know, and skiing. And, and like my knees, you see the kind of shit I do for them, you know, injecting all the shit in them to try it so I can still do the shit I do. So I don't do risky shit anymore. I did all that. Um, and so Paige, I, I broke up with her and then years later I would come back to it. And one of the things that she had said when we were dating, she had, you know, this is a chick who, you know, graduated from college, got her MBA at 23 mm. and paid for all her college. Nobody paid for it, no loans. She worked it. Fucking, she started doing, you know, building a company for this guy who took her under his, uh, took her on him under her wing and started building this multi-million dollar company. And by the time she was 31, 32, she's on Wall Street and, and negotiating multi-million dollar contracts. And then her mom gets cancer. Mm. And she's like, I gotta go. I gotta go take care of my mom. And they're like, no, 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 no. Work a week. Take care of your mom a week. Work a week. Take care of your mom a week. We'll still pay you full. That's how much they valued her. When your mom gets better, you can come back to work. Well, her mom never got better. Nine months later, she died of cancer. Lung cancer, never smoked a day in her life. So what ends up happening is she goes back to work, which she hates. She says to her husband that, you know, listen, you know, I'm getting at the end of this. You know, I, I want to do something different. In the meantime, she's going down to clean out her mom's room because the guy who raised her is her stepdad. And, and isn't it amazing how stepdads and grand, grandmothers and grandfathers and people who, who aren't there, who are real parents, mm. but other people step in. And this stepdad was like her dad. And she, he couldn't even go in the room. And he's selling the house. So she went down there with her sister and they start stripping down the room and she finds this secret drawer which has her mom's bucket list in. She wants to see the seven wonders of the world. She wants to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Fuji. She goes back and tells her husband, this is what we should do. We should take off two years. We got plenty of money. Let's just take off two years and let's follow my mom's bucket list. He's like, are you fucking crazy? And he don't want to do it. They split up. She does it. That's when I run into her. And I find out, you know, after a couple times being with her, she runs 100-mile races. And I'm thinking, man, you make my ex-wife look like a wallflower. You know, so <laughs> I got to get away from this. But how I came back to her two and a half years later was I'm on Facebook and I see her on Facebook. I'm like, oh, Paige. And she's like, hey guys, very special day. Today's kind of happy and kind of sad because it's the end of my mom's bucket list. I'm gonna spread her ashes here on the Great Wall of China. And I thought, fuck. She actually did it. And that's when I picked up the phone and called her. Her number was still the same. Say again? Her number was still the same? Still the same. Are you cool with any of your exes? All of them. 
you the man. That means you're a smooth guy, man. You had the ladies in when you first came. You sure you cool? How cool is it, man? Don't don't play around. Well, there, <laughs> there, there, there is one that I'm not. You know, I don't talk to, but. If I ran into it right now, it'd be nice. You know, it would. I, you'll never hear me say a negative word because that's not who I am. You know, there's a lot of good things that came out of it, and uh, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. How many children do you have? I have two children that I adopted. Got it. And Brenda's both are girls. I consider both my children. Now, here's the crazy part. And super funny and fun. Both of those girls' dads, meaning Brenda's was my second ex-wife. Hello. Both of those girls' dad is one of the closest people in the world to me. Really? Yes. And he works with me. Um, Lexi, who is his birth daughter, my second daughter, and uh, this is what I call the, the bonus dad. Uh, did an amazing Father's Day video. My two dads. Super cool. I'm getting, you know, you're also getting emotional, man. There's <laughs> only, only a couple of things I, I can tell that get you emotional. Also getting emotional. That's what I, I already did in the beginning. I'm done. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, you know, wrestling... Retired, Hall of Fame, DDP Yoga. Where does that come from? Necessity. I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. But that's when I blew my back out. And I had just signed the multi-million dollar three-year deal, and they said my career was over. And that's where that came from. At that time, I was still married to Kimberly. And she was like, baby, you need to do yoga to heal your body. I'm like, fuck yoga. I'm not doing it. And it was just a stereotype that so many of us get. And what happened was, out of necessity, I had to do it. And it started to really help me. And then one night, I kind of, still doing rehab because I've rehabbed both shoulder surgeries and both knee surgeries. So I started like putting them together. And then I added in old school calisthenics, push-ups, squats, crunches, done with a slow burn movement, which actually got my heart rate jacked up. And I didn't understand that until I started to really figure it out. And today what, you know, is DDP yoga, it's kick-ass cardio, dramatically increased your flexibility, Increase your core strength at a different level with no impact. Or as Scott Hall likes to say, um, next to no impact. <laughs> but what happened is it was just to heal my body. That was it. In, th in three months, I was back in the ring. And I had to go back to see my original doctor, Dr. Andrews, in Atlanta. Because someone had to clear me. And he had never seen a change like that. And I knew it was going to be part of my life forever. Because most athletes, and you even talk to professional athletes, like they get to the end of their career and they're like, fuck, I'm not working out anymore. And then you'll see him start packing the weight on. 
Like when you get to the end of your career, whether it's college or professional, now's when you really have to start training and training smart to heal your body instead of instead of beat up your body. Mm. And that's what DDPY is. That's why, and I'm gonna knock on wood, you know, but you know, I pay a ridiculous amount of insurance every year so people don't sue me. I've never been sued. We've been around for 18 years. Because it heals your body. It would really be hard for you to go to court and go, this is fucking me up, like P90X would, or something. Oh, easy, yeah. easy. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Easy. It beats up your body. Right. It beats up your body. CrossFit beats up your body. Fucking running beats up your body. My shit don't. It strengthens your body. At any point in time, I can crack a fucking position holding my foot over my head, shit-faced. That's core strength at a different level. Mm. And I just started to share it with my buddies, and I was like, fuck, this could really fucking work. And one thing turned into another, turned into DVDs, turned into uh DDPY's fitness system turned into my app. Like my app, there's nothing like it anywhere because it's not just a workout. I don't give a fuck what you're doing. You have to be motivated. You have to be inspired. You have to learn how to eat real food. No one teaches how to eat real food but me. If you're reading GMOs, if you're reading gluten and dairy, and shit that's going to fucking fuck your body up. Like, again, I don't give a fuck what you eat. If you just do my workout, you're going to be way better. But if you put it all together, it's life-changing. Now, we've seen the videos, you know, online, and you you change people's lives and all that. So, kind of break down for those who don't know, because... Um, how much yoga do you have to do to see a change? Not yoga. First of all, either DDP yoga yoga. or DDPY. And why am I like branding it that way now? Because I want people to stop calling it just fucking yoga. Yoga. Because it's not. Nobody goes into the diamond cutter sign out to a T and hulk it up, brother. Like they don't (laughs) do that shit in yoga. They're not engaging and flexing as they're moving. You see, the reason why I'm flexing and engaging, like when you take your hand here and then you do that, do you see the muscles that engage? Mm -hmm. Like when you open your fingers as wide as they'll go, all of a sudden all that strengthens and flexes now create your resistance as you move. Every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. It's laying down. Could be your lowest heart rate, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Sit up. What happens? Starts to increase. Goes up. Stand. What happens? Goes up. Walk, jog, run, sprint. It's going to go up because you're engaging more muscles. I get you to do that standing still. And I put a heart monitor on you. It goes right to the app. On the app, it will tell you where you are in your fat burning zone. 
whether it's 99 or 120 or 160. At the end of the workout, it breaks it down. How long were you not in your zone, the blue zone? How long were you in the green zone, the aerobic zone? How long were you in the red zone, the anaerobic zone, which means now you're burning muscle and fat? How many total calories did you burn? And then it becomes a video game. Bing, 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 bing. And I pop up there and go like, great job. You know, it's like, I make the shit fun. Mm. That's fucking not yoga. It's not even close to yoga. Yoga positions. Rest, uh, fucking say wrestling positions. Friggin', um, yoga positions, uh, calisthenics, mm. um, rehab positions. Like, a lot of the stuff I learned was rehab. Like how to rehab my shoulders, how to rehab my back, how to rehab my knees, how to break up scar tissue. Like one of the things here, like I just had my knees filled with, with um, stem cells and that A2M I'm telling you about. Like just going from here to here is challenging. But as I start to let it go, I start to push these out, they'll start to sink deeper and deeper and move that out of the way. And my goal now is to try to push this forearm to the ground. And if I can't get it right in the beginning, I come back here. Shoulders over hips. I'm not bent over like this. So now I'm opening up my hips. I'm opening up my knees. And I'm going to bring it down again. And then I'm breathing through all of this. And now I know. Down. And the other side up. And then down and then I'm coming out of this and then I'm going to do all the stuff that I do while I'm engaging and flexing and breaking up scar tissue and creating youth remember when I said this you're going to look at me today you're going to look at me today I'm not going to look much different five years from now at 70 I'm not Maybe a few more wrinkles. All these broken up fucking joints. I'm going to keep them going. And this is how. And people are going to look at it and go like, wow, how the fuck's he doing this? How do you think? <laughs> DDP yoga. <laughs> wow. Any, any, any last questions from my man? Wrap it up. I mean, you know, I, I got I got my final five. Once we get to the, you wrapping it up. I mean, you know, DDP is a is a unique guy, man. I just I got a whole bunch of ideas in my head now. So, <laughs> watching this, like, are you gonna do this, Flip? Are you, Flip? Do you want to get in shape, or do you just want to just go? How old are you? Thirty. About to be thirty-five this year. Damn, you're a baby. You're a baby. You know, I got. But we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. Okay, now I'm gonna call you out. I'm just gonna pop okay. it out there. I'm interested. I'm interested. We'll talk. We'll talk. Let's just wait to get off camera, please, man. Don't, don't. Oh, gonna, no gonna, pressure. I was, no gonna, I was gonna say something on camera, but I, I, you know, I don't wanna put you in a. Say something on You know, I, I'm interested. I wanna, I wanna, you know, I wanna see Listen, listen, listen. You know, <laughs> DDP is a serious guy. There's a way, I have an idea, and I wanna talk to him when I get off camera. I, I respect it. Because, you know, I can't, I got a, I got a bag over there. I can't read it. So. 
I just seen it. I know, I saw that. Yeah, I, saw I, that. I, 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 I told my man, okay, can I talk to my man on camera? I don't want to see on camera with the, with the, I, what's in the bag. You know, I, I build with my <laughs> man. DDP is the man. Can I talk to my man? Oh, it's my man. Sure, there. sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my man on camera. Sure. What, what you got? What you got, DD? What you got, D? <laughs> Come on, what you got? Give me your five. I'm good. All right, man. So we, we wrapping it up, you know, uh, just, you know, and close it because Obviously, we could, we could sit here all day. It's, it's yeah, yeah mate, that's what I'm saying. Us. Like, we about to, we could going on over three hours. Yeah, we, we could be here all day. So, <laughs> you know, Jake was like, you know, the story's getting good, guys, but you know, gotta go. Yeah, time, time is money. <laughs> I said, Jake, I said, come on, Jake. He's, um, he was about it. So, <laughs> if if you can, you know, we we going through this final five real quick. You know, quick questions. No need for the backstories or explanations. I want to just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. You're trying to cut me off, you DJ? Are you trying to cut me off, DJ? No, no, no. Oh, gee. You trying to violate DDP? Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know we, we run out of time, so, you know, I don't want to, um, you know what I'm saying? Final five, though. So, you know, uh, your first thing that pops in your mind when I ask you these questions, and then, you know, sure, go, go for it. Uh, favorite wrestling move other than your own? Starter. Hmm. Okay. Uh, favorite song to play before a match? Welcome to the jungle. Jungle. <laughs> um, one match you wish you had? The Rock. Mm. Favorite hip-hop artist? Are you serious? After tonight? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Come mm. on. Usher, who else, man? <laughs> <laughs> who else? After tonight, yeah. now if you ain't seen Usher, and oh, man, our, our, you got to see the videos coming up. Oh man, classic video, classic, video. classic. And 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 lastly, you know, you said you're you're uh, you know definitely a football fan. You know, who's winning the Super Bowl this year? Bengals. <laughs> That's the final five right there. Man. Fit the script. So, so hold on, you know real, what I'm saying? Real quick, does anybody in here? You know, I know there's got two wrestling fans as well. Probably deeper than me. Have any questions for DDP that we didn't ask? Oh, we got, we got one from Bass too that he sent me a little earlier. I was trying to wait to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, slow down, slow down, G. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, I'm going to take it off. You the man now, No, I'm just saying. He got, he got one out here. Your comfortability is on another level, all right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket man, I don't know where you're going. Yo, you got a question, man? You got a question? Well, let me let me what's tell you. He, what's he like? Let mm. me tell you a story about Triple H. See, he was terrorizing in WCW. That was the name they gave him, and we just bonded. And uh, at some point, they wouldn't let me manage anymore. And it was Magnum TA who came up to me, and I'll segue into this because you got to know this part of it. Got it. Magnum TA came up to me and he said, listen, D, we can't let you manage anymore. I'm like, well, what did I do wrong, man? I'll, I'll fix it, Mags. He goes, you can't. He goes, it's not your fault. I go, what do you mean? He goes, Dusty couldn't do this. He asked me to do it. You know, the hair, the clothes, the bling, the wrap, the dolls. No one's paying attention to the wrestlers anymore. I said, Magnum, are you telling me I'm too over the top for fucking professional wrestling? And he's like, hey, man. And he laughed. And he goes, it's not your fault. So I go down to power plant. I got seven months left on my contract. Triple H is there. 
And he is working as hard as anyone I know. And Terry Taylor, the rooster back in the day, but he was an amazing, when he was doing like the other federations, the smaller federations, Terry Taylor was, should have been a humongous baby face, a humongous. And Terry Taylor kind of took us, me and Triple H under his wing and he taught him and he taught me. And one night we ended up at a strip joint after working out and Paul didn't drink. He didn't smoke, he didn't fucking, he didn't do shit. Like he was not, he was, before I had heard the, what do they call it? Not straight, what do they call it? Uh, where, whatever the guy does, he doesn't do any drugs or anything. Because punk is that straight guy. edge. Straight edge. That's it. That's what punk is. That's what uh, uh, Darby Allen is. Um, and um, that's what Paul was. And we were at the strip joint, and we were up on the bar at one point, and Paul went to the bathroom, and Terry looked at me, and he goes, "I really like that kid. He's got your work, your your work ethic." I said, "Yeah," and his age. Because I was 36, he was 22. So Paul leaves, and I call up Nash. I said, dude, there's this kid coming up there. He's got super heart, super work ethic. You need to grab him. Take him under your wing. And uh, they did. And he became the driver for the click. And... Without him, they might all be dead. Who knows? Just because he's a sober cat, you know? And one night, I saw him catch a diamond cutter out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, no. So this is an answer to your question, who, who Paul Levesque is. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Not him. Like, not him. Him, like, he can't be the guy because, you know, um, Sting had uh, Scorpion Deathlock and Bret Hart had the, uh, I can't remember what he called it right now, Master. Sharpshooter. Sharpshooter, right. Uh, like, everybody up here had the move and there they had to move. But if you look at, before Randy Orton, no one did Diamond Cutter. And fucking Paul was the only guy to do it one night. And when I tell you I've called Paul 20 times, one time he answered the phone. And this was the night. And he picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, Paul. He's like, hey, D, how you doing? I go, I'm doing good, bro. I said, uh, we talked a little bit. And at some point I go, listen, man, I got a favor. And he said, oh, yeah, whatever you need. I go, well, don't say yes yet. I said, because I have no right to ask you. Because he was there when Johnny Ace gave me the diamond cutter, and then I turned it into what it became. He had a nowhere move. And I said, I got no right to ask you this, bro. And he goes, what do you need, Dave? I said, I'd really appreciate if you wouldn't do the diamond cutter again. I said, dude, you got your whole career ahead of you. I said, I'm just getting this thing over. I said, I really appreciate it if you didn't do it anymore. 
because dud. He never did it again. Did he, Ray, he didn't have to do that. Did, what about Randy? Well, how, what, you know, how did... I literally called Randy, and it, I'm done. When I'm done, it's whoever, like... And I couldn't have asked for a better guy. I mean, think about it at the time. Jay-Z is doing a version of the freaking cutter, <laughs> and Randy's doing the diamond cutter. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have asked for two better guys to being something that was relatable to what I was doing. So how do you see that as a negative? So you didn't have an issue with Randy doing it? Did you? No, I, I literally, what was rough, funny, because we would have this discussion like years later, I called him and I was like, Randy, I really want you to do it. He'd just gotten over a shoulder surgery and I must've got him at the point where you know, you're on a bunch of drugs because you're just going through surgery. <laughs> and I talked to him and he sounded a little wonky to me, but I didn't really pay attention. Oh, Diamond, that's your move. I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm like done. Like in my career, maybe I'll do Diamond Cutters out of, out of nowhere, you know, moving forward. But my career was over. The run I had, the fucking 12 years I had was done. And I wanted something, got a guy like Randy Orton to be able to do that. Who's, I mean, to me, like, like I put me here and everything I did, I put him here. I mean, that cat, 20 years on top. He's amazing. Do you see, like, uh, it's just something about him, man. Like, it's, it's you know, his in-ring performance and also, you know, he's, he makes it believable. He is so believable. Oh, he's so. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> from his, even when he's fucking around, like with some of the stuff he does, is he, he's his old man's he kid. He is. Got to I mean, give it to Randy. I can I, I will never forget. I went on a tour with Jake back when he pulled me under his wing and was like really teaching me. He had a match with Cowboy. It went fifty-eight minutes. If they hit the mat maybe four times each, it was a lot. Four times each is in a minute now. Four times in an hour and had the people pulling their hair out. Like Cowboy was one of the most underestimated guys ever. And him and Jake was magic. Jake, really Jake and anybody, but you see, you're gonna take Cowboy and DiBiase, same thing, Jake and DiBiase. Jake and Randy, Randy and DiBiase, Randy and Orton. Like, there were certain guys that just could work so magically. Magically. That magically, that you didn't know how to see, couldn't see through the shit. Couldn't, not with him, yeah, with him, even Jake, Jake too, like. Did you mention Jimmy Yang earlier? No. Okay, there's another interview I was on. Jimmy Yang was a, a, a kid from Georgia, Asian dude. Okay. And when they were, he would go on and work WCW and WWF and Japan. And him and his buddies would come by my house all the time. And they came by as Chris over Halloween, dressed as me and Sting. And, and I took pictures with him because I just happened to be home that night. Mm -hmm. And uh, it went all, you know, in the community viral, you know. And 
at some point they were helping me take down Christmas decorations. This is the same group of six kids who were all crazy wrestling fans. And they were like, we call ourselves a diamond cutter club. Do you know why we love your stuff the most? And I'm like, no, Jimmy, tell me why. He says, because we can't see through your shit. That's the secret. And not being so physical that you hurt your opponent or your dance partner, you don't want to hurt them. Snug, it's not checkers. <laughs> you, know? you know, how do you fake those chair shots? You don't. They hurt. <laughs> it's part of the show, man. Well, part of the show. Last question we had from the, from the you know, from our, our studio audience was, uh, where did the Pat Lever pants come from? You know, I just like that look. I thought it was a badass look. <laughs> I like that look, you know. That's my favorite look as Diamond Dallas Page. Kimberly, and none of them made you do it? No, I liked it, man. I dug it, man. Look, that was a fucking kind of like a badass fucking S and M biker. <laughs> Yo, DDP, man. Oh, man. Any final words for the people before we wrap it up? Believe in yourself. I don't give a fuck where you are in life. It doesn't matter. And there's so many. There are so many stories like. Stop watching reality TV mm. and watch biographies. Like, watch stories about people that came from adversity and turned their life around when no one believed in them. And again, never underestimate the power someone gives you by believing in you. But most of all, never underestimate the power you give yourself mm. by believing in you. That's the most powerful. <sighs> I know you like him. Just let it go. I can't, man. Let it go. Don't, of, don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. I know you. I like him too, but just let it go. Nah, he cool, man. Oh, come on. He look good. He cool like that. He's far away. I could have had you, man. Brother got a video. You ain't played home. He wasn't come. Thank you. Anyway, and last thing. Oh, they gotta play the Ted video for you, oh, but not man. the not the not the finished version. I want to send them both. Oh. And it's gonna be up here. Let want to show the little documentary what we did for this guy Ted, mm. and what this young man Xavier did to help teach Ted turned into something. This is something you won't believe. Like when you watch the little eleven minute doc on it, and then you watch what happens. Like that's magic. Now the video is amazing. Video amazing, is amazing, right? <laughs> I can't even lie. That video, yo. <laughs> that video. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you get your, your social media one more time uh, so they can follow you. Um, I'll tell you, for starters, for me personally, at Real DDP, at DDP Yoga on Twitter, at Diamond Dallas Page on Instagram, at DDP Yoga. But you heard me talk about my program just very little because I'm, I'm not here. I'm here to talk to guys and, 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 and enjoy you know, tonight. Um, but don't listen to a word I said about my program. One word, DDP Yoga. Just go on Facebook and read what people write. And you know this. You know this, Flip. You can't get people to cheer your name. Mm. I don't give a fuck who you are. You can't get them unless you grab them and make them care about who you are so much that they got to go, let's go, Flip. 
let's go flip, or Hogan, or Rocky, or DDP, or whatever the initials were that moved people. On the internet, you can't move them to write about you. That page, that DDP Yoga Facebook page, started with two buddies of mine. And then it turned into 10 and 20. And now there's 70,000. Every single person on that page, every single fucking person on that page are there <laughs> to help each other. That's what they're there for. That's what life should be about. Help because there's nothing that you feel better about yourself than helping someone else. You just don't. Mm. That's a fact. And I'm, and I'm just lucky enough to have been able to make a living out of that. Mm. But it took eight years to be an overnight success mm. with DDP Yoga. It took eight years to be an overnight success as a professional wrestler. Eight years to be an overnight success. That's a big deal. Thank you. DDP in the building, y'all. DDP is here. Hey, who, who your man reminds you of? Jimbo? Yeah, who he look like? I can't really see him in the darkness, but I know he's Give me like a British bulldog feel a little bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah, G, just gave Yo, me. man, dope episode. We signing out, man. Don't forget, follow the pages at DJG Money Official, at Queens Flip with a Z, at Flip the Script Pod. TikTok is up now, too, so make sure you follow TikTok at Flip the Script Pod. Uh, you know, dope episode, man. It was, you know, dope seeing him with a legend. Having some drinks with a legend. Uh, it's just dope. Classic. Queen's Flip. Dope episode. Um, I enjoyed it. Shout out to everybody in the building. It's an honor to have DDP here. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, URLTV.TV. Remember, lock your doors. Close your windows. Close your blinds. Open your blinds. And if you see a guy like DDP on your lawn, put it away. He doesn't mean any harm. <laughs> but you'll be mm. doing yoga all night long. No, you'll be doing DDP yoga all Fucking night long. Fucking hell, yes. I'm from Queens. <laughs>